Bernie and Sid in the morning on the world famous Talk Radio 77 WABC. I understand. I, I don't mean to make light of this, but I'm reminded of the song Imagine by John Lennon. We played it at my inauguration. I, I think everyone who hears that song in its fullness thinks about what about a world where people got along differently? What about a world where we didn't live with a lot of the restrictions that we live with now? But we're not there yet. We are making a lot of progress. Imagine there's no heaven. As a diehard Beatles fan and a big John Lennon fan, I was actually offended, offended that the mayor of this city, and I know that he did play this at his inauguration, brought up this song, Imagine. Imagine all the people. I mean, you take a look at what's going on right now in New York City and across the nation. I'm not exactly sure what progress Bill de Blasio was talking about. Another night of civil unrest, three officers Injured in Brooklyn, New York, one stabbed, two shot. Blacks and whites fighting all over the country. White quarterbacks and black basketball players uh, can't seem to agree on kneeling and the flag. Can't walk outside without feeling this, this really eerie, eerie fear. I'm not exactly sure what progress. There was progress, mind you. There was progress economically. Uh, race-wise, people-wise, there was that. There was? Yeah, oh, until, oh, backwards. Until about three months ago. Oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, 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 I see. I mean, look, yeah. The, yeah, I mean, th- you can't compare where we are today race-wise to where we were 30 or 40 years ago. I know people try to make those comparisons, but it's not. It's just not true. But for Bill de Blasio to talk about that last night after another night of civil unrest here in New York, Bernie, it just rings completely hollow. Imagine there's no Bill de Blasio. Oh, how great is that? And no, no cash bail or two. Throw the governor in there, too, that piece <laughs> of garbage. Really? Well, we're going to bring on uh, Eric Ulrich today, of course. Eric is a guy that ran for public advocate. He did lose. He uh, got more votes, mind you, than Blake and Viverito combined, but he did lose to Jamani Williams. He uh, has his sights set maybe on mayor, maybe not. Either way, he's a city councilman from Queens, and he is going to put in a vote of no confidence today with the New York uh, City Council in an effort to have Governor Andrew Cuomo remove Bill de Blasio from office. So we're going to talk to Eric Orich about that at 740. And 30 minutes before that, Bernie, as if that's not exciting enough, we're going to talk to a guy that may very well, may very well be the next mayor of New York City our boss, of course, John Katsimatidis, is going to announce today he's officially running and talk about some of the issues he'd have to deal with if, in fact, he took over for de Blasio, who's going to leave, whether it's John or somebody else, he is leaving the next person with a complete mess. Total mess. Total mess. And uh, uh, John Kat- Mr. Katsimatidis could be the savior for this city. This city has taken uh, some big steps backwards, not only in the past five years since de Blasio has been mayor, but in the past uh, four or five months Oof. with the, uh, the uh, horrendous uh, overreaction to this coronavirus here in New York, 
which is still ongoing. The lockdown really continues. I know they're talking about, well, you can uh, outdoor eating is coming up next week or something like that. And, of course, uh, this overreaction again to the the, the death of the horrific death of George Floyd. Look, the the officers were uh, charged last night. The uh, three officers were standing around watching. They were charged. Uh, the uh, charge against uh, the cop who kneeled on his neck. Chauvin, Derek Chauvin. Yeah, that was upgraded to a second-degree murder. Right. This was all inevitable. Of course. This was all inevitable. You had a guy, Keith Ellison, a radical, a Jew-hating, a Farrakhan friend, radical in charge. It was all inevitable. You had to all you had to do time. was just freaking yeah. relax. Right. You didn't need to break windows on, right. at Macy's. I can't breathe. It's funny. They, they actually scream, I can't breathe. And all these... Rioters and protesters had to do was take a deep breath. <laughs> How ironic is that? <laughs> well, said, deep, right? Take a deep breath. This was going to happen anyway. And again, at the at the rate of repetition, not to be a cold-hearted guy. And let me preface it by saying this: the man did not deserve to die. It's a tragedy that he did die. If one more person tells me what a great man George Floyd is, I'm going to punch their mother across the face. Great men to me don't do time in prison for armed robbery. Great men to me don't put guns to a pregnant woman's stomach. So it's a shame that he's gone. It's sad that he's dead. He didn't deserve to die that day. But to to describe George Floyd as a great man is such a slap in the face to actual great men. It's got to stop. Let's stop that nonsense. There's a uh, black woman who you're familiar with. Her name is Candace Owens. Oh, very well. And she posted a uh, like a nine minute uh, uh, a nine minute uh, lecture to uh, Twitter yesterday, and it was all about exactly that. You brought it up yesterday morning. She posted this yesterday afternoon, Uh and she goes through all that about how. Uh, her community is the only community that makes martyrs out of guys with rap sheets as long as you, you, your sleeve. Right, whether, whether it's Michael Brown, whether it's George Floyd. I mean, these are not good people. And in this case, she points, uh, the, the, his last uh, transgression was uh, he, he rolled up with uh, four other guys at a pregnant woman's house. Yeah. And then went inside and pointed a gun at stomach. the pregnant woman's stomach yeah. and threatened to shoot her. That's why when Dove Hikind, who I love dearly, he's on this show all the time. Great voice for the Jewish people, longtime assemblyman from Brooklyn, about four decades, is on Twitter yesterday, you know, begging people, especially Jewish people, of course, who have been uh, maligned and treated horribly for thousands of years, to take part in this, uh, this rally on Sunday. I've got no interest. Again, let me make it clear. I'm sorry he's gone. He didn't deserve to die, but he's not deserving of a rally either. Let's stop. Let's stop all the violence and the nonsense and... Uh, Write this down for what it was. It was a tragic event like there are every single day in this country. Now all four cops have been charged. Like Bernie said, Derek Chauvin, the great, it's been upgraded to a, a second-degree murder. And let's move on. But i got to read you this. Some guy named Doug Mullen put this on my Facebook page, Bernie. And this, this really tells you what's going on, to your credit. Which you, you, know, you, you talk about these things all the time. You know, the deep state, what's really at play here. A lot more than just a bunch of out-of-control kids or anarchists walking through your neighborhood. It reads like this. Scare people with a virus. Place them in quarantine. Count the number of dead every second of every day in every news headline. Close all businesses. Put 40 million people out of work. Peak unemployment. Remove entertainment. Parks, gyms, bars, restaurants, sports. No dating, no touching. Mask people. Dehumanize them. Close temples and churches. Create a vacuum. Let depression and anxiety and desperation set in. Then... Ignite hatred and civil war, civil unrest, 
empty the prisons because of the virus and fill the streets with criminals. Send an Antifa to vandalize property as if they're freedom fighters. Undermine the law. Loot. Attack law enforcement. But tell government to order a stand down. We're all being baited by adversarial governments who want to destroy America, China, Iran, Russia. Have the far left abuse the racial wars to fuel the fires. And in an election year, have Democrats blame all of it on the president. Folks, this is what modern warfare looks like. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And listen, if they think, uh, if anybody thinks that this is bringing anybody together, I mean, uh, you know, sort of some of these... Well, a lot of these uh, white people showing, uh, I don't know, humiliation and uh, raising their hands oh, and, and, and being forced to kneel by strangers on the streets and some uh, bizarre behavior in certain uh, rich white neighborhoods with people on their knees. Look, the majority of people are watching this and they're seeing uh, young kids, young teenagers break into stores and, and beat the pummel. Uh, I mean, you see that. You don't see it on the mainstream news, but they see it elsewhere. And they resent it. Oh, it's nauseating. It's not, actually, it's not bringing people together. No. It's bringing them further apart. Totally agree. And not just the kids, but entertainers and, and adults. I don't know what's going on with this white guilt across this nation. I mean, I, I have zero white guilt. I was born in a middle-class Jewish family. My dad, Harvey, worked his ass off and was successful. Nobody gave it to him. He grew up in a very, very poor environment in Coney Island. Never had money as a kid. My dad, none of his brothers and sisters had money. He worked his ass off. He made money. I don't feel guilty about being white, and I'm sick and tired of being made to feel that way in this country, whether it's LeBron James or these rioters or some of these politicians. I mean, I don't care if you're white, you're black, you're Asian. It doesn't matter to me, but I'm sick and tired of being made feel I should make feel like, like I'm, I'm guilty because I'm a white person. And every time one of these white entertainers goes on Twitter or, or Instagram with these messages about George Floyd, I'm at the point now I'm finding it nauseating. It makes me nauseous. I got to be honest. Well, and plus, uh, we we went through it with Bernie Kerrick the other day, former New York City Police Commissioner. The data does not back it up. The data does not back it up in any way, shape, or form. I mean, uh, just in 2019, off the top of my head, uh, unarmed black men shot by police. You had, according to the Washington Post, you had ten, ten, maybe nine, nine or ten. It's in dispute. Nine or ten. Uh, the number of unarmed white men shot and killed by police, the number is 20. No, it doubles. I mean, so 10. Yeah. Do you know how many cops were killed last year? Oh, hundreds, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, according and, to and the about, FBI. And, and, like, way, and how many millions and millions of interactions were there between cops and black people? And this is what Candace Owens uh, lays out in her, uh, in her Twitter post yesterday. It, it's, it's, it, we can do the math. We're smarter than that. Yes, you'll say... Well, the blacks are only 13% of the population, but they account for the majority of crimes and young black men well, and, and inter- exchanges, interactions with police. So well, therefore, per capita, not, they don't, they, there's more white crime because there's just so many more people. But per capita, there's more crime in the black community. There are a very small percentage of people in the United States. So that 13%. Right. So there's going to be more crime from white people, but per capita, per head, Black people commit well, way more crimes. According to Candace Owens, uh, not per capita. Maybe she's right. Yeah, Listen, I maybe think she she's right. right. Look, I, and Colin Kaepernick back yesterday uh, to, to watch LeBron James 
on Twitter. My man Cap, Drew Brees, if you don't know, the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, uh, the, the all-time passing leader in yardage and touchdowns, a, a certain Hall of Famer, one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the game. He, is, uh, he said again yesterday, we've got the audio, we'll play it later, he just doesn't understand why people kneel in this country during that song. And, of course, LeBron James came at him and uh, ripped him. So did Richard Sherman, a few other NFL players, all over Drew Brees. And some young lady down in Florida, who's a, a talk show host, came at me. And she said, Sid, I just don't understand you. You just don't get it. It's never been about the flag. And I said, let me tell you something. Her name is Ashley, Ashley Nicole. Let me tell you something, Ashley. We had John Jones on our show, Johnny Jones, Bernie and I. He had his arms and his legs blown off. And he said to Bernie and I that when he was in Afghanistan cold and lonely and scared. When he heard that song, The Star-Spangled Banner, it made him feel like he was home. Is that all you need to hear? That's all you need to hear. I mean, so for, you're going to tell me it's just a stupid song and we can kneel and we can do what we want. That's why they're out there fighting. LeBron James brought up his father-in-law, who was a service person. He did, he did serve. He feels that way. That's fine. But Johnny Jones doesn't. And by the way, it's a free country. If Drew Brees wants to feel that way and express his opinion like that, it should be accepted and tolerated. It's not. And, and, and if, if we don't like, uh, again, the, the kneeling and we feel it's disrespectful, if, or if Drew Brees in particular feels it's disrespectful, that's a valid point of view. Uh, completely valid. And when, and when John Jones says it, I mean, it just backs it. To, you know, he's, 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 he's one of the guys who, who, who walked the walk. He lived he, it. He, yes. I mean, no pun intended. He walked the walk and he lost his damn legs. He's got prosthetic legs and it offends the hell out of him. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. What a show we've got coming your way today again. John Casamatidis will be here just after 7. He's uh, going to run for mayor. Lots of issues in this city. He's your perfect choice. Eric Ulrich, New York City Councilman, coming up at 740. And the great Bill O'Reilly stopping by at 840 already. The best 20 minutes of radio you'll get all day in New York right here on the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app. On this, uh, well, it's going to be a hot day today. It's Friday Oof. Eve. It's going to be a hot few days. Almost uh, 90 today. Yesterday was very tropical. It I got, was nice. I got caught uh, running in, uh, in the rain. I got caught, uh, you know, I, was, I reached my destination, and at that point, the thunder and rain started to come down. <laughs> Like a monsoon. Yeah. And I loved every bit of it. Then it though. got nice again, though. It's one of those days, like tropical, you're right, yeah. on, off. Yeah, it was great. Today's going to be mostly sunny. Today was the first day, i got to tell you, Bernie, in maybe seven months that my subway car was oppressively hot. I mean, nauseating, hot, smelly. First day, maybe since sometime in September, where I was like, oh, my God, I'm glad I wore shorts today. <laughs> yeah, it that was hot. it was it was like that, but uh, but anyway, it's good. I like it. I like the fact that it's light till nine o'clock. I mean, it's uh, these the little things that make you happy these days because everything else is so damn depressing. Hey, look, a good guy like uh, Drew Brees, you brought his name up earlier. I mean, he makes a statement that uh, it's non-controversial. A lot of people have been uh, uttering it for a long time, and uh, he gets he gets slaughtered. Well, you can't say it's non-controversial. That whole subject of kneeling is incredibly controversial. Incredibly. Well, I mean, what he said uh, to me is not, not, uh, well, well, is, we, is, is we, not no, controversial. It's been said for uh, years uh, and years. We happen to agree with him, but he has to know full well when he says that, that the NFL, the NBA, the Colin Kaepernick mob, they're going to come at him. It's an incredibly controversial well, topic. I, I'm sure he's aware of it. Uh, what he, everything he said was true. The topic is, 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 is controversial. 
but it's all based on a lie. It's, uh, I mean, the, 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 the other side's uh, uh, premise is based on a lie. Again, I pointed out uh, that you had 10, 10 men, nine or 10 black unarmed men were shot, according to the Washington Post, as Bernie Carrick pointed out on this show a couple of days ago. Nine or 10, is, there's no epidemic out there. No. Uh, nine or 10 black unarmed uh, men, one woman, and there were 20 white unarmed men and or women shot by the police. And you had hundreds of cops were murdered. Hundreds. Uh, according to, let's see, uh, according to the FBI, the amount of cops murdered was, well, it was up there in the hundreds. Anyway, this is what Drew Brees said. Take a listen. I will never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag of the United States of America or our country. Let me, let me just tell you what I see or what I feel when the national anthem is played and when I look at the, the flag of the United States. I envision my two grandfathers who fought for this country during World War II, one in the Army and one in the Marine Corps, both risking their lives to protect our country and to try to make our country and this world a better place. So every time I stand with my hand over my heart looking at that flag and singing the national anthem, that's what I think about. And in many cases, it brings me to tears thinking about all that has been sacrificed, not just those in the military, but for that matter, those throughout the civil rights movements of the 60s and everyone and all that has been endured by so many people up until this point. And is everything right with our country right now? No, it's not. We still have a long way to go. But I think what you do by standing there and showing respect to the flag with your hand over your heart is it shows unity. It shows that we are all in this together. We can all do better. And then we are all part of the solution. Right. Well, I mean, what does the flag have to do with uh, whatever perceived injustice uh, you're, you're complaining about? Which, however wrong you are. But uh, also, Tiger Woods, he put out a uh, statement. My heart goes out to George Floyd. The shocking tragedy cl- crossed the line. And then he said, we can make our points without burning and looting the very neighborhoods we live in. Right. And he got slaughtered for that. No, he, I know he did. But going back to what Breeze said, let me read you LeBron James' tweet, a direct response to Drew Breeze. And this is what, once again, Bernie LeBron James really shows, um, well, I guess how ignorant he goes. He goes, wow, man. Is it still surprising at this point? Sure isn't. You literally still don't understand why Cap, that's his buddy Colin Kaepernick, why Cap was kneeling on one knee, had absolutely nothing, he didn't, actually didn't say that, he goes, had absolute nothing to do with all the disrespect of the flag and our soldiers, men and women who keep our land free. My father-in-law was one of those. So he, I guess he, he felt like he, he uh, had some credence to his tweet yeah, because his father-in-law did in fact serve but he went after Drew Brees there and said, you just don't get it. Yeah, there was a guy named Michael Thomas. He don't know no better. We don't care if you don't agree and whoever else. How about that? What? <laughs> yeah, that, that's, uh, uh, yeah, that's Michael Thomas. I'm sure you know who he is. Yeah, defensive no back, idea. sure. Dolphins, Giants. But, yeah. uh, oh, no, no, maybe the wide receiver for the Saints, actually. But all the, uh, the criticism to Tiger Woods was of the Uncle Tom sort. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you, you could have just typed, quote, unquote, Negroes behave. I mean, that's uh, one of the tweets. And sounds like a saltine. These are all, uh, you know, euphemisms for Uncle Tom. And then the one, oh, so now you are black. You would have done better by saying nothing at all. In other words, shut up. Shut your mouth. Don't say anything. Intimidate people into silence. I mean, what's controversial about saying we can make our point without alluding and rioting? And why, by the way, couldn't President Obama have said that? 
uh, yesterday no. in his speech. I don't know what he said. I, I was, uh, as we all were, I found out yesterday morning he was going to be on television as if he was still the serving president of the United States. I mean, this guy really, he really has an ego the size of, of uh, well, bigger than the globe. And I made it a point. I made it a point not to watch this creep last night on television. Well, and, and during his administration, it was one of the most divisive eight years this oh, country has ever seen. Come on, we uh, talked I mean, about the, it. Yes, riots and uh, racial division. Uh, I mean, that was the, the hallmark, part of the hallmark of his, and prejudging cases, by the way, mm. that turned out to be, uh, it was, you know, obviously the, the hands-up-don't-shoot hoax. Yeah. He was all in, and that Michael Brown was unfairly killed. When it was total, t- turned out to be a justified killing on the part of the police officer. It, it was self-defense, uh, absolutely. And uh, again, uh, as part of that whole thing, just remember, Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter was born during the Obama administration. Exactly right. On the Bernie and Sitch, I'll be right back. I like it. You know what this means? A month from today is the 4th of July. Oh, my God. And we'll have, uh, hopefully, the Macy's fireworks. Paul de Blasio said all the way back in April that's going to happen. And we'll have this music uh, simulcast as uh, you sit home and watch it on TV with a cold one. (laughs) (laughs) Donald Trump? You think James Mattis will be watching that one? (laughs) Yeah, that was funny. Uh, James Mattis, uh, I mean, really, do we need this at this time for this? uh... Well, yeah, for him it works out great. I mean, if you want to really, really impress yourself upon the D.C. elite now is the perfect time to go after Donald Trump. I did think what the president said yesterday was funny when he said, the only thing, the only thing I have in common with Barack Obama is we both fired James Mattis. We both that had, was great. We both had the honoring of firing Jim yeah, Mattis, yeah. the world's most overrated general. I asked for his letter of recommendation and felt great about it. His nickname was Chaos, which I didn't like, and changed it to Mad Dog. Uh, yeah, so he had that. But this is not a banana republic. We, need, we don't need ex-generals weighing in in the middle of uh, crises. For God's sake, shut up and wait till things calm down. Shut up and uh, dribble for LeBron James. For shut, Mattis, up. shut up and what? Shut up and shoot. Shut up and shoot. I like it. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're a Marine Corps general. You, you, nobody elected you to anything. You were, you were fired by two presidents. Uh, just dummy up. Right now, dummy up. We don't need any more. Uh, wrenches uh, throw them in, in, the, in the mix. We don't need anything. Any monkey wrenches thrown in that's going to start to screw things up. Uh, uh, the good news yesterday, the Dow was up over 26,000. So, so somebody's seeing something promising out there. I know. It's weird. I, I, and in fact, I had this discussion with my, my old partner, Scott Kaplan. He said, well, I don't get it. He goes, can you explain to me how the Dow is doing really well and, and the S&P is doing well and the uh, NASDAQ is doing well? And yet there's 41 million people out of work. And I, and I said, listen, I do caution you that the Dow is not necessarily a very good barometer of how Main Street is doing because it's obvious. 41 million people out of work and the Dow is climbing. So how do we explain that? I guess there is still confidence around the yeah, world that President Trump will restore looking the ahead. economy. Looking ahead right. and they see stability coming back and uh, that V-shaped uh, recovery. Uh, people are, uh, you know, optimistic about that. That's good. By the way, I mentioned that there were hundreds of cops. The FBI, it was actually 89 cops last year killed in the line of duty. Ten unarmed black men killed by the police, and most of which were attacking the police at the time. And one cop was arrested for that. And 20 unarmed white people killed by the police, twice as many as the blacks. So, so in either case, it's not epidemic. And there are bad apples out there, of course. But uh, whenever we catch the bad apples, 
we take, we, we, they get arrested. And again, this, uh, you know, this uh, Keith Ellison upgrade the charges yesterday. This whole thing was really, these riots were a waste of time. This was inevitable. This was going to happen. You got the cop got uh, uh, upgraded. Now it's intentional murder. Instead of facing 25 years, now he faces 40 years. Yeah. And the other three are, are in prison right now, in jail, I should say. So the, the riots were a waste of time, and uh, all it did was cause fear and panic and billions and billions of dollars worth of damage and some real yeah. injuries as well. But So I would ask you when they're yelling and screaming. Yeah. that, that let's, will, let's mention dead cops. Right, and, and they will tell you this is all in an effort to change. Change what, and how does that promote it, it change? It do, what, and how, you and how does it unite people? It doesn't. People see this on TV and they're like, oh my God. And what are you going to change? I mean, if this guy, Derek Chauvin, is a bad guy, and he is a bad guy, and he happens to be a racist, whatever his motivations were, how do you change that? And, and why, would, <laughs> by the way, if he had this long record, Amy Klobuchar, the Democrat, the, the declined to prosecute him. The mayor, uh, the governor, all the Democrats in, in, in Minneapolis and in Minnesota allowed him to stay on the force. They were all Democrats. Yeah, and he had, uh, over 19 years, he had 10 complaints. This was not the first time so, he got into trouble. They allowed him to stay there. And, and yet, we have stores here in our neighborhood getting uh, ransacked because of what these idiots did out in whatever. Uh, so, look, uh, we talked earlier about the Drew Brees. And uh, LeBron James' criticism, again, it's not all, you, you, there were some black athletes who said the same thing that Tiger Woods said. Why do we need to riot and loot? You had, uh, you know, had J.R. Smith say it. You had uh, John Bones Jones from the uh, UFC. And there's a tweet from Mike Tyson, which some people are saying it may not be uh, an actual tweet. He said, imagine if uh, white people rioted every time a white person got killed by a black, he did, bl- yeah, by a black man. That was on his Twitter account. Yes. It did come from Tyson's Twitter account. It came from his. So, he, so anyway, you have that. And this is what John Bones Jones, uh, and in case you don't know him, folks, he's, the, he's both the light heavyweight and the heavyweight champion in the UFC. It's a huge deal in that community, the MMA community. But he was on Fox News yesterday, and John Jones, and this guy, this is what he said. At the end of the day, you know, these are our relatives that are out there acting like terrorists. These are our next-door neighbors, they're our nephews, our, our, our nieces, our uncles. I think so. We need to just communicate. Speak up. Say something. Try, try to be the voice. Try to be the difference. Last night, I got a bunch of dads, a bunch of friends, a bunch of ex-military guys together, neighbors, and uh, and we became like a, our own little local mm-hmm. nonviolent police force for our community. We worked along with our police, and it worked out great. There was absolutely no violence. Uh, we waited until the crowds dispersed. We policed our own crowds, and uh, we had a few vandalism moments, and we, uh, we approached that person with lots of flashlights and lots of ex-military guys with lots of flashlights, and, and we're very intimidating, and, and we made sure our own town got home safe last night. So there you go. I mean, there are reasonable voices. Reason- <laughs> I mean, look, you have a few. You have them. I guess a lot are afraid to speak up yes. because of people like LeBron James will pounce on them. Pound John, John Bones Jones didn't give a rat's ass. Well, we well, have our neighbors acting like terrorists out there. Right. And by the way, people see that. Again, the, the, the nation sees that on TV, and it, it's polarizing. Well, John Bones Jones, unfortunately, is not a big enough name to contend with a guy like LeBron James. Tiger Woods is, but the other issue becomes when you wake up this morning and put on Good Morning America, which you've got on in the background here, they, they mention Drew Brees, they played his audio, how he's come under fire, and they talk about LeBron James and Richard Sherman and all the guys that are pounding him, of and you're never going to hear about Tiger no, Woods no, no, or John no, no, Jones no. ever. But, but there are people uh, now filtering through the fake news media, understand that 90% is biased, dishonest, 
And uh, and they a lot of them flocking to uh, Fox News and conservative websites, and they see it by the name. By the way, the name David Dorn, yes. uh, that didn't come up anywhere on uh, any of the cable news shows or the network news shows last night. The retired uh, St. Louis police captain killed protecting his friend's store. Killed. A li- uh, it was uh, streamed live on Facebook. It's a horrendous, horrendous video. I watched it. It's terrible. And they didn't show much of the cop getting hit by a car when he getting flipped over. I mean, uh, I in saw the Bronx. One, one or two Fordham. times. That was it. No, it's terrible. That so, was it. So anyway, I'm going to skip uh, Berman and uh, the McEnany. I want to go to these other uh, uh, clips. Look, these cafe owners, uh, they were, I believe they were in Minneapolis. Uh, these uh, protesters are marching by, these rioters are marching by, and they're giving the, uh, the protesters the thumbs up. They're giving them a thumbs up from their cafe, and this is what happened. Take a look. Why are you? We're on your side. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, really unbelievable. Well, maybe you're not on your... See, that's what I'm saying is they're polarizing, uh, alienating people who would otherwise be on their side. Mm. Uh, and this is, this is a totally dividing, ripping the, the country apart, and the media loves it. The oh, there's media no question. Right, and, and, they, and, and of course, the media loves it because they've got their own agenda, and the left loves it because you can blame everything on Donald Trump at this point. And they've got a million things now. I mean, the last three months, you know, I was saying this to my, uh, my wife and my kids last night in our kitchen around dinner time. Just think about historically, historically, where we are the last six months. In the last six months, our president has been impeached only the second time ever. A pandemic ravaged this nation and we shut down the country for the first time ever. And now we've got race wars, riots that date maybe even before 1968. This is in six months. The, the, Impeachment, pandemic, and riots. Anything, Civil riots. It's, all, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a pattern. It's been a pattern since the president was running and elected. Uh, and o- over, overreact to everything. Overreact to everything. And if, if you can, make stuff up like the impeachment hoax. Uh, look, this uh, group down in Bethesda, Maryland yesterday, this uh, group of rich white people, they all got on their knees yesterday, and lit. they sounded really like they were drinking the Kool-Aid at a Jim Jones rally. Uh, listen to this. I will use my voice in the most uplifting way possible. I will use my voice in the most uplifting way possible. And do everything in my power to educate my community. And do everything in my power to educate my community. I will love my black neighbors the same as my white ones. I will love my black neighbors the same as my white ones. And then quickly, uh, a woman here... Before you play her, you know what these idiots don't get? The majority of African-American people don't hate white people. They don't. They don't hate white people. No, of course not. Right, but the minority that do hate us, they're not going to like these people now because they took a knee and they pandered to that community. Not at all. In fact, they have less respect. Right, so you're accomplishing nothing. You're not hated by the majority of the community to begin with, so you're embarrassing yourself in an effort to pander to the small minority that hates you anyway, and they're not going to like you for doing that. So you have this Black Lives Matter uh, crowd going around New York City, ambushing people. Here you have them. uh, They ambushed a white woman, and she was very afraid. Uh, this Black Lives Matter, he taped the whole thing. She made her get on her knees and take a listen to this. I work for Black Lives Matter. I'm sorry that I scared you. Okay. But since I work for that company, my CEO has told me to come out today and to bring you on your knees because you have white privilege. So if they see that a white person is getting on their knees, that shows solidarity for the situation. 
the situation. And could you just please apologize for, you know, for your she, white privilege? Now, now she's on her knees. Just apologize? I am. I'm trying to think of the right words to say because oh, that's, that's a big thing. You believe this? It's, it's big. It's, it's, so, it's large in this country. I'm incredibly, incredibly yeah. sorry. I got to do this last one. I have to just. Oh, to, way, I would have said I around. Let up. me apologize now. She was, for me to punch. I'm going to punch you in the I, face I, in about five course, seconds. <laughs> but she was afraid. Uh, look, this. Uh, I told you about the looting of the minority-owned stores up in Fordham. It happened in Minneapolis. Happened a lot of places. Well, this one black lady who worked in one of the stores. She's cleaning up the next morning, and somebody rolls up with a, a cell phone and listen to what she said. You says Black Lives Matter. I work here part time. Plus, I'm a part owner of this store. You said Black Lives Matter. Why don't you choke me? I'm black. Tell him, sister. Look what you did to my store. Tell him, sister. Look! Tell Look him, what sister. you did to my store. Tell them, sister. That's right, because I got their back. These are my dudes right here. Good men. Look at the things you've done. Good men. Look! The Black Lives Matter. We've been here all night cleaning up. All night cleaning. And you got black people now, standing right here with them. Black tell people. me That's right. black lives matter. Exactly. You lied. You wanted to loot the store. You needed money. Get a job like I do. Stop stealing. This is the neighborhood. We trying to build it up and you tear it down. It's the innocent people in the Beautiful. inner city who are uh, suffering, uh, small business owners, uh, residents. They want the police. They do not want uh, this chaos and anarchy. They do not want it on the Bernie and Sid show. We've been traveling far. No diamond. America. America. 707. Your Thursday morning, it's hour number two of the Burning and Sid in the Morning Show here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. An exciting couple of hours about to come your way. New York City Councilman Eric Ulrich, he'll be here at 740. He's going to try at least to get something going in the New York City Council to have Governor Cuomo remove Bill de Blasio as mayor. Bill O'Reilly in the 8 o'clock hour. And talking about removing Bill de Blasio as mayor, we've got a guest on the line. Of course, uh, you guys know him, his Sunday morning show. A uh, guy that owns this station, as well as the uh, supermarket I shopped in yesterday and most days, uh, Gristidis in, in New York City. And uh, he is now, it looks like, going to run for mayor himself. And that, of course, is our friend John Katsimatidis. John, Bernie and Sid, good morning, pal. How morning. are you? Morning, good sir. morning. You know, I thought How are you? It, oh, well, very good. Thank you, John. You know, I thought it was interesting uh, the other morning we had Woody Giuliani on, Bernie and I. And uh, Rudy Giuliani was talking about restoring law and order removing Bill de Blasio, he was talking about two words specifically. And the two words, John, were common sense. And I know, I know if you do officially run for mayor, that is going to be your platform, right, John? Common sense. Well, I've said that the other day. I think uh, you need three things uh, to run right now. You need the guts to do it because everybody's going to come at you from all different directions. And uh, two... You need common sense. Uh, And uh, uh, we've talked about forming an exploratory committee and combining Democrats, Republicans, liberals, conservatives. It's about running the city properly. It's the city we love. And, uh, you know, we used to love going to our restaurants. We used to love going to the movies. We used to love to go to Radio City, uh, you know, Lincoln Center, the theater districts. Uh, I, I put in a good movie once in a while. And it's not going to be easy to get it all back. 
And, uh, uh, you know, we're fighting a world war. Who knows, uh, you know, we're getting attacked by cyber all the time. Our computers are getting attacked. Um, in addition, uh, this virus, it came from Asia. It came from China. And I blame the Chinese for not, uh, the Chinese government, not the Chinese people. Chinese people are wonderful people. Yep. The Chinese government for not telling us that they kept those airplanes coming from Wuhan to JFK Airport. That's why of the 100,000 lives we lost, 40,000 of them are within Connecticut, uh, New York, uh, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. And it's horrible. It is. Yes, go ahead, sir. uh, In addition, and nobody said this yet, you know, the Chinese have said to us, we're instigating uh, the riots in Hong Kong. Well, the Santifa movement, somebody's supplying the money. Uh, Somebody's supplying money to these people. They're very organized. Could it be the Chinese getting even for Hong Kong? Wouldn't put it past them after what they did with, uh, as you laid out, the uh, pandemic spread. They protected China and they spread it around the world. It was a it was a war. It was a a, a crime against humanity, is what it was. Uh, John Katzmatidis, who was uh, formed an exploratory committee to run for mayor. He also happens to be our boss here at WABC Radio, the owner of the radio station. But Mr. Katzmatidis, with what we've seen, as you point out in our beloved city. This past week, the anarchy, the chaos, and the mismanagement on the part of our, our two cowardly leaders, de Blasio and Cuomo. And then, of course, you have uh, the two lawyers who were throwing Molotov cocktails at the p- people who protect us, the police, out on low bail. And all the looters, all the looters that were arrested by our brave men and women in blue, out again on the streets because of the, the no-cash bail law. Well, let me, let, me, let me go backwards on that. You know, I know the Cuomo family... For a long, long time. And I know de Blasio for 25 years. Uh, de Blasio is a lot smarter than people think. And I'm disappointed with him uh, on certain situations. Uh, what I would ask him to do today, and what I would ask Governor Cuomo to do today, is to give an executive order uh, rescinding the bail uh, reform law, or just put it on hold, Put these criminals back into jails. Yes. And, and Rikers Island, and with, uh, with Mayor de Blasio, don't empty out Rikers Island and put these criminals on the streets to, 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 to ravage New York City. I, I mean, that's horrendous. Get out an executive order. Put these people back in Rikers Island. And you, you know what happened, Sid? Uh, a, the, the police arrest 300 people last night, or yep. 700 people. Yep. They're out by 2 o'clock in the morning to go back in the streets again. I know. It's yeah. Just, it's unbelievable. I, I mean, it's just silly. You, you can't make it up. 
No. You, you can't make a movie like that. <laughs> yeah. No, those were, really the, those were the curfew breakers. But even yeah. worse, of course, were the looters yeah. who got right out of prison as well. I, I mean, mean, so what, yeah, that's, uh, Bernie talking about the looters. So what would you do, John, if you were, in fact, mayor and it wasn't Bill de Blasio? And Bernie talks about the looters and the riots going on right now. Give us something that we can bite on here, John, that says I'm the right guy for the job because I would do this. What would you do differently outside the, well, the bear of all, The people have the right to to march in sympathy about what happened in Minneapolis. And I have no problem with that. I, you know, I might march with them too. But it's category two, what I talked about the other day, and Bill O'Reilly talked about it, and it, it, is the criminals that are marching behind these legitimate marches just to find an excuse to, to create criminal activities to enrich themselves. Right. And number three, the Antifa type people. I'm not saying it's Antifa. It might be another movement. But somebody's paying those people to create the riots and throw the bricks at our, uh, uh, our policemen. Uh, somebody's paying them. And we have to get to the bottom of it. But take the criminals, put them in jails, put them in jail and for 30 days. Let them cool it off. Let's clean up the streets. That has to be done immediately. And Mayor de Blasio has to do it immediately. Governor Cuomo has to do it immediately. Absolutely. Uh, John Katzmatidis on the Bernie and Sid show. Uh, Mr. Katzmatidis, also, uh, you know, I think it would help. It would go a long way if we just reopened the city and the state right now. I mean, you can ransack a restaurant and you're doing a good thing. But if you try to open your restaurant, you're killing grandma. I mean, they're still sticking to that narrative. I mean, it's, 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 we're, we're way beyond that after they just allowed all these uh, 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 protesters and rioters to, to, uh, to gather in big, huge crowds of thousands and hundreds or whatever and did nothing about it and said mu- not, not much about it. But if we reopen the city right now, I, I mean, I think it's essential right now before we do permanent damage if we haven't already done so. I agree 110%. You have to, you know... I, I don't want to play the political game that I think is being played and just stall the reopening. It's stall, stall, stall. I mean, uh, I think we should reopen the city ASAP. Yep. Would you, would you say this, uh, John Katsimatidis, that there's a lot of people here in New York City that have lost faith. I got to be honest, John, I'm one of them. I mean, I still live on the Upper West Side, and I frequent your place, Christides. But my family, we have lost some faith in this city. And most of my family and friends that live in the city, John, are very seriously considering moving out because of the politicians in charge, what we've seen the last couple of months. If you were mayor, you would say to Sid Rosenberg, why? Don't lose faith in this city because why? What can you restore? I would say stay here till November of 21 when there's an election, and let's change who, who ruined the city, let's change the people in, in the city council that proposed these stupid bills. Let's change the people in the state senate or, or in the state assembly that proposed these stupid bills. And let's clean up. Let's clean house. Vote. Go out and vote. And, you know, and, uh, you know a lot of uh, people that I know don't want to go out and vote. You know what they tell me? If I vote, then I become eligible to become jury duty. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Right. You know, that, that happens crazy. to be true, but... Uh, well, so what? I mean, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so, so this is what we get. <laughs> right. We get this you leadership know, in this city. 
Well, let's uh, uh, let's all work together. And look, I was a Bill Clinton Democrat. You know that. Yes. You know, I think the same way you were. I liked them too. Yes, I did. Yeah. And look, the fact is, I mean, the, the, the country was thriving under Bill for a while. I wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, look, I'm a common sense guy. Work with Democrats. I work very closely with Democrats. I work very closely with unions. I work very closely uh, with Republicans. I, I had the Liberal Party nomination, and I was proud of it. You know why? I worked for the Police Athletic League for 35 years with Mr. Yep. Morgenthau. And helping the kids of the inner city. And I think it's, it's very important. So am I a liberal? Yes. I believe in helping people, especially the people of our inner city. Well, that doesn't make you liberal. That makes you a human being. And uh, we appreciate that, John. We appreciate what you do with the, with the PAL. We appreciate what you've done for WABC. The station uh, has never been better since you took over. So best of luck to you. And uh, hopefully we'll be hearing a lot of good stuff about you and this uh, campaign. And believe me when I tell you, we'd like nothing more than to, to call you Mayor Katzmatidis uh, well, not too I'll long see. from now. No doubt. Uh, thank you very much. And keep working. And uh, let's help. Let's all help make a, a better New York. You got it, John. Thank you so much. Thank take you. Care. All right. Take sir, care. yes, sir. There you go. Very good. Like Bill Murray in Stripes. I like that, buddy. Absolutely. <laughs> no, this, this, this is going to be our saving grace. I mean, it really, this is what we need. Common sense. Those are the two words. And uh, Rudy says it all the time. So does John Katsimatidis. Look at this photograph. Every time I do, it makes me laugh. I mean, will you ever get this out of your head? No, nope. you go right to Trump. And, and these days, they seem... That whole thing seems quaint right now, doesn't it? The, the whole Ukraine, uh, even yeah. the impeachment thing. Even the Russia, all of it, yeah. Compared to, uh, you know, the, the pandemic and now the this chaos and anarchy that we witnessed this past week. Is this almost Hunter, over? you're a loser. Yes, you are, Hunter. Is this, people ask me every Let's day. Let's go back to the, the good old days. I know, right? <laughs> I, I, the, the, the question I get most uh, asked most is, uh, is this going to be over soon, these riots? Are they going to be over soon? Or? Well, I mean, they, 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 they just upgraded the charges. They arrested the four cops. Of course, everybody's going to say, and they are saying, well, that's not good enough. We need convictions. Oh, yeah, duh. duh. You but, you got, but you have to start with the arrest first. I, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, there's a process. It's called, it's called due process, I think is what it's called. Uh, they, it's, oh, they have overwhelming evidence. The new charges, the, the difference between what he had, what the cop was facing that was uh, kneeling on, on the guy's neck, is uh, 25 years he was facing with third-degree murder. With uh, second-degree murder, he's facing 40 years. So at the very least, he's going to get 25 years. So, so the, and the other guys are in jail. They're not out on bail. So uh, Bill is in Hamburg, New Jersey. Let's go take some calls, Sidney. Bill, you're on the Bernie and Sid show. Good morning to you. You know, and, and to uh, address that, it's, it's going to get so stupid that people are going to say, if these four guys are convicted, they're going to say, that's not enough. We still have to impeach Trump because it's all his fault. Right. Meanwhile, it happened under a Democrat, a real blue state, a really, really blue state and city. I mean, it's where Elon Omar comes from, for God's sakes. Yeah. Hey, can I add this? There's two old people. There's one old man in Miami sitting on a bench, very lonely. An old woman, lonely, approaches him. She goes, what's the matter? You look very down. He goes, well, I just got out of jail, 36 years in jail. She goes, what'd you do? He said, well, my wife and I had an argument after I drank a half a gallon of gin. She followed me into the kitchen. I grabbed a big knife and stabbed her 25 times. She's dead. The lonely old lady says, so you're single? 
<laughs> That's funny. We could take that. We'll take some humor. Yeah, why not? I, like well, I got a joke too. Uh, now that he did that from Ben Shapiro, you want to hear it? Uh, the one about the yes, I know what you're about the Blasio. About. Oh no, no. Oh, this is good. Go this ahead. is uh, Ben Shapiro. He used to be uh, on here afternoons. We like Ben Shapiro. It's on his he's, Twitter account. He's, he's brilliant. He is a brilliant guy. He goes joke going around New York City's Jewish community. Oh yes, yes, yes. Why does the groom break a glass at the chuppah? Answer, to trick Bill de Blasio into thinking that it's only a riot and not, God forbid, a wedding. <laughs> I mean, if it oh, wasn't... Hillary liked it. Okay, even Hillary liked that one. If it wasn't so... You know, it, it, it's so true. I mean, every, all good humor is rooted in truth. And, yeah, they came down hard. Remember, he says, are these Jewish people? We're going after these Jewish people. But nothing about these, uh, these, these rioters in the streets and the, and the protesters who are ignored. I mean, if this, this coronavirus is, was that dangerous, if you were so worried about the Jews and you're not worried at all about this, I mean, yep. the hypocrisy so on display here. Bill in Emerson, New Jersey. Bill, you're on the Bernie and Sid Show. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Thank you guys for telling the truth. Thank you. Uh, my welcome. point is <laughs> the fake news media is deliberately ignoring the murder of two black police officers by rioters, Mr. David Dorn and Mr. David Underwood. And they ignore also Cuomo and Phil Murphy's deadly nursing home disaster that they deliberately created. But they lie about the D.C. cops. They deliberately lie about the D.C. cops tear-gassing peaceful oh, yeah. protesters before President Trump walked to the church that was burned to make him look bad. Completely. The rubber bullets and the tear gas never happened. Fake news, complete and total fake news. The way that uh, <clears throat> the one cop died, the, uh, the retired cop died in, in St. Louis was horrific. And the other black cop you're talking about was the federal police officer in Oakland, California, totally ignoring it. And not, not to mention all the cops that were wounded in the past few days. And then, of course, overnight, you had an ambush on three cops. One of them got stabbed in the neck and two of the others were shot. They're going to be OK. But, yeah, the media will not report on that. You won't see that on Good Morning America. You won't see the tape of the cop getting hit by a car. And getting flipped over, the, uh, uh, flying in the air like a little rascal's cartoon. Oh, there's nothing funny about it. Uh, thank God he's, okay, he's going to be okay. But you won't see that on Good Morning America. And then David Dorn, the St. Louis guy, that tape, which, which was uh, streamed live on Facebook, they won't show any of that. This is what your, your beloved rioters were doing to uh, a, a retired 77-year-old black man, for God's sakes. Pr- protecting a friend's store, a private business. I mean, it really is. Everything is ass backwards, and it's sickening on the Bernie and Sid show. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. Feeling groovy, baby. That's something Joe Biden would say. But yeah, it's a, some, some anachronistic phrase like that. Anyway, it's a, it's a happy song, and today is uh, it's going to be a nice, hot summer day. Hopefully, no riots. We can actually enjoy the damn thing. Uh, back here on the Bernie and Sitcher. We're heard everywhere, by the way, on the 77 WABC app. Download it today, folks, and you can get us anytime. Uh, look, our next guest, he's a, great, uh, he's a great statesman, actually. He's a city councilman from Queens. His name is Eric Ulrich. We've had him on the show in the past. He's fiery. I mean, and he's very, very unhappy with the leadership. In fact, he tweeted this out 
a couple of hours ago, he tweeted, I just woke up and New York City is still smoldering from civil unrest. New York City Mayor de Blasio has lost control of the situation. Even some of his closest allies have abandoned ship. It's time for Governor Cuomo to step in and remove him from office. I will be calling for a vote of no confidence in the city council. Eric Ulrich, welcome to the Bernie and Sid Show. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Eric. Nice to have you. So, Eric, tell us, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, we, we've all witnessed what has gone on here, the anarchy, the chaos, and then to end insult to injury, the, the, the release of all the rioters and the looters. Uh, what, are you, what are you going to do? What's happening? How are you feeling? And what are you going to do? Look, the situation is completely out of control. The mayor has lost control of the city of New York. He's waffling back and forth. One day he supports the NYPD. The next day he throws them under the bus. There's rioting in the streets. There's anarchists that have taken over sections of the city. And you had Governor Cuomo the other day just put it out there, suggest that he could possibly invoke Section 33 of the Public Officers Law, which allows the governor to remove the chief executive or the police commissioner of, of a municipality or a city within the state of New York. The governor has the legal authority to remove the mayor from office. And I think in the midst of this pandemic, with all of the craziness going on, not only in the city but throughout the country, that when at a time when the city is looking for leadership and we're looking for the mayor to bring us together, he's dividing New Yorkers. This is, this is exactly what he's good at. But I don't think he ever realized that it could spiral out of control the way it has. And now we physically have violence and rioting and looting and lawlessness on the streets of New York City in the year 2020. It's time for Mayor de Blasio to step down or to be removed from office. Well, you're not going to find you're, you're, listen. You're not going to find two guys more in agreement than us, Eric. You know that. Uh, but listen, the problem here is you're asking Governor Cuomo to do it, and Governor Cuomo is the guy that uh, actually proposed and made sure the criminal bail reform bill happened. He's also the guy that, along with Bill de Blasio, with Bill de Blasio, threw the cops under the bus. So you're asking a governor who, unfortunately, is in lockstep with this crappy mayor too often to do something that you know he's not going to do. You know, there's no love lost between the two of them. They, they have a, a very complicated relationship. We've seen that play out in a number of ways. I don't know how that is, by the way, Eric, because for the no love loss, they can't stand each other. And we're finding out more and more that they're basically in agreement on all the lousy things that's destroying this city. You know, I think that the governor has an opportunity now to show some real leadership and put the people of the state of New York first. He is the chief executive of the state, and he knows that Mayor de Blasio has failed time and time again. If there ever was an opportunity to pull the trigger and get this guy the hell out of there, now is the time. I'm putting in a resolution or request uh, with the city council to have a vote of no confidence because I want to put my colleagues on the record. I want to put them in the hot seat. Do you stand with the people of the city of New York? Do you stand with law and order? Do you stand with ordinary New Yorkers who just want to get back to life as normal when this COVID crisis is over? Or do you stand with Mayor de Blasio and his cronies and and, and his corruption and all the other nonsense that he's been putting forward? This guy has completely mishandled this entire crisis. And and now, with you know, with the rioting that's going on, he, he can't even... He can't even maintain peaceful protests. I have no problem with the protests, by the way. I think people have a right to be heard. That's, that's a part of the American way. People want to protest? Let them take to the streets. It doesn't bother me one bit. 
and uh, and I think people have a right to be outraged. Quite frankly, what happened to that uh, uh, to that gentleman? But the point is that there's a difference between protest and rioting, and the mayor has not done a very good job of uh, quelling the riots and restoring law and order to the city. We need to have law and order. We have laws for a reason. People need to follow the laws. They can't break into small businesses. They can't wreak havoc and mayhem on on uh, communities in, in Brooklyn and Manhattan and Queens. We just can't have that type of lawlessness on the streets. The mayor has lost control, physically lost control of the situation. Now he needs to be removed from office. You're absolutely right. City Councilman Eric Ulrich from Queens. Uh, uh, City Councilman uh, Ulrich, look, the mayor was furious. Oh, my God, he went after the Jewish community. You, how dare you gather for a funeral in the streets like that? Don't you know we have a pandemic going on? And then, of course, uh, it's, it's okay, though, to, to gather, even peaceful protesters, to gather in the streets during this dangerous pandemic. I mean, so, I mean, the hypocrisy is rank uh, right there. But I want, uh, the question to you is this. I, I, well, he, let, let me just say this. I know, I, look, I know this doesn't affect Sid very much because uh, he's not worried about going to the barber anytime soon. <laughs> but, you know, let, let me, you know, it, it is, it, let me just say this. It's very ridiculous that people can't go to church. They can't go to the synagogue or the temple or the mosque okay to pray and and maintain social distance and wearing masks they can't go to get a haircut uh okay they they can't do the things that that they want to do or that they feel they need to do but we will allow thousands of people on on an you know 85 degree weather to go out and and uh and chant all types of obscenities and and uh and you know some of these people as you know have really done some 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 damage, uh, physical damage to property, and uh, they've created this impression that uh, the city has lost uh, all sense of lawlessness. You're so. totally right. You're totally right, uh, City Councilman. My question is this, though: If he does get removed, if you do, or you, if you are successful, if sanity prevails, and somehow or other Mayor De Blasio is removed, which, by the way, is pretty a, a pretty remote chance, what happens then? Who takes over? the governor basically runs the city until the next election, and then the people get to pick the next mayor. It's not as if the governor gets to put somebody else in there who he likes or who he agrees with. The point is that the governor, uh, this is a unitary system. The governor is the chief executive of the state of New York. And uh, the governor, under the emergency order and under Section 33 of the public officer's law, can step in at any time, remove the mayor for just cause, and uh, he'll have to run the city until the next election. The people of the city of New York will vote for a new mayor next year. That's going to happen anyway. Thank God for term limits, by the way. I don't think that we can wait till next year, though. That's the point. I don't think we should just let this lame duck mayor continue to destroy all the progress that we've made in this city over the past 25, 30 years. Agreed. No question. Revitalizing communities and neighborhoods. We're watching it all get flushed down the toilet because he's lost control of, of the city. And uh, like I said, it's just it, it, we have to do something. We have to change courses here. We can't allow that. How many more nights of rioting and looting can we allow? How no, many more protests none. do we need? For no, no more. To get, get, get no, out no of more. You know, it, it, it's interesting, Eric. The last time you ran for something, and you were great. You ran for public advocate, and yes, you yeah. didn't win. Jamani Williams did, but let me remind folks that you actually had more votes than Blake and Viverito combined, which at that point was a miracle coming in second place. Now, I know Jamani has come out and said a couple of things that actually make sense to his credit. He's uh, had some rational statements about the rioters, but I also don't feel like Jamani Williams is really putting de Blasio's feet to the fire every single day, and isn't that his job as public advocate? You know, I got to disagree with you there. I got to tell you, I, I've been monitoring uh, Jamani's social media 
profiles, and he's been extremely critical of de Blasio. That's the interesting Good. thing about this is de Blasio is getting so much heat right now from the left and the right. Uh, but de Blasio is absolute, uh, absolutely feeling the heat. Like I said, the public advocate has been very critical. Just look at his Twitter from the past uh, two or three days. And, uh, you know, he's a fair-minded person. And, uh, he, you know, he takes the shots and he gives them too. And uh, he and I have been friends for a long time. So I think that de Blasio is in a very uncomfortable position right now that he's getting a lot of criticism from me from the center, uh, you know, the moderate New Yorkers, and he's also getting a lot of heat from the progressives who feel like he's abandoned them. He's turned his back on them. They said, I thought you were Mr. Reformer. You were going to end police brutality. We've got cops breaking up peaceful protests. So he's getting the heat from both sides right now. Yes, he is. Deservedly so. I mean, he's just been a a complete and total disaster. Now, the last time we had uh, a breakdown in law and order, I guess, in New York City, uh, we did elect a Republican. His name was Rudy Giuliani, who, by the way, called for Cuomo to do just what you're saying on this show uh, a couple of days ago. However, this is my question, uh, Eric Ulrich, city councilman from Queens. Uh, 2021, we just had on uh, a man named John Katzmatidis. Uh, he, he would be a common sense. He ran on the Republican ticket in 2013. Uh, the primary, he, he came close, but he didn't quite make it. However, he may, uh, he, he's formed an exploratory committee. What do you think about that? I think John is a great New Yorker. He's a great friend. Uh, he is the story, the epitome of the American dream. Uh, I know his parents came here as immigrants from Greece. They started a little supermarket in Manhattan, and they grew into an empire. And uh, I think that, first of all, John would be a much better mayor than Bill de Blasio, oh. but I don't know if that's even a compliment. I think anybody would be a better mayor <laughs> that's than, true. than Bill de Blasio. <laughs> but I, I love John Katzmatidis, and uh, if he pursues this and uh, the Republican leaders get behind him, I think he'd make a great candidate. And I, I think a lot of people would like his message because he's got a very common-sense approach to a lot of the issues. So I, you know, I would encourage him to keep pursuing that. Yeah. Uh, listen, right. uh, you are the man. Hey, Eric, I look forward to um, having a slice of pizza with you at Aldo's. If that's, I mean, I don't know, uh, uh, is it ever going to reopen again? Our restaurant's ever going to reopen. The pizzeria's open, the restaurant is closed. Oh, but is that? Okay, thank, so you can. Thankfully, there's still serving alcohol. So oh, good. At times like this, uh, we could all use uh, uh, and by the way, a let's, little liquid help. Let's, uh, let's reopen, all right? Let's, let's just, just do stop it. Right. the scamdemic is right. over. Please, I'm begging that's right. you. Hey, listen, Eric, we love you. We think you're great. And uh, we want to thank you very much for hopping on today. Your tweet makes a lot of sense. Hopefully, you're successful with the council and your proposition later on today and keep up the good work we need more eric oriches here in new york city buddy thank you god bless you guys stay safe god bless you too thank the you. great eric orich out of the great borough of queens i understand I, I don't mean to make light of this but i'm reminded of the song imagined by john lennon we played it at my inauguration i i think everyone who hears that song in its fullness thinks about what about a world where people got along differently? What about a world where we didn't live with a lot of the restrictions that we live with now? But we're not there yet. We are making a lot of progress. Imagine there's no heaven It's if you try As I said earlier this morning, even though he used it at his inauguration, I was offended here. I'm a, I'm a big Beatles fan. Love John Lennon. 
offended that this uh, this mayor of ours is Bill de Blasio. We spent a lot of time talking about Bill in the 7 o'clock hour with John Katsimatidis, who's going to run for mayor, hopefully, and Eric Ulrich, who wants to get de Blasio removed. Uh, this is he, the, uh, the king of division, this guy, and, and he actually brings up Imagine by John Lennon. Imagine this. No, de Blasio. <laughs> I mean, that's what we're imagining. We kept the thugs in jail. And Imagine all that too. those businesses didn't lose their livelihoods. <laughs> you son of a... But it's true. And, and you know, he, he's the guy that is you know, the biggest issue when it comes to most of these issues. And uh, here he's bringing up Imagine by John Lennon after another night of civil unrest. Now it's gotten a little better since the curfew was put from 11 p.m to 8 p.m. the last two nights. It's in effect, by the way, through Sunday, but still a very, very dangerous, violent night, highlighted, if you want to use that word, which is uh, very sad, by a cop being stabbed and and two cops being shot in Brooklyn. And also, yeah, that was uh, another horrendous event, being ignored, of course, by uh, all the the news media. We watch Good Morning America. uh, For some reason, we have it up on the screen. They don't show any of this stuff that happens to the police. It's all all slanted, but uh, yes... Uh, Also, the reason why some of the rioting is uh, tamped down a bit is because the police have arrested a bunch of people. I mean, they were planting rocks and bricks at strategic locations, and they've been arrested. A lot of these people, some of these people have been arrested, and the cops are on to them. You heard John Miller. uh, They've uh, intercepted some uh, encrypted messages going back and forth between Antifa. So they did what they did. And now, now, you know, maybe some of them are behind bars. They're snitching, and uh, there's, there's investigations, and uh, they're making strides, I would imagine. I hope so. Oh, imagine. That's what you did there, John Lennon. <laughs> See, I would hope, too, that people now are a bit happier when you consider the fact that all four police officers involved in this, the killing of uh, George Floyd, they have now all been arrested. They're all being contained. Uh, they actually upgraded in Minnesota, upgraded the charge from murder three to murder two, which is an additional 15 years in jail for Derek Chauvin, the man who had his knee on Floyd's neck. So he's facing 40 years in prison. So you got to hope that now that all four cops are in custody, that some of these uh, people that want blood, well, they've gotten some blood. Well, you know, and it was these things, uh, what happened yesterday with the charges, they were all inevitable. This was a, a, a waste of time. Not only a waste of time, it was so counterproductive. I mean, I'm stating the obvious, not only for the businesses, but... For for relations between blacks and whites oh, and uh, for, uh, all of this stuff and every, for, for, for unity among people, period, all over the place, it would. This was so polarizing. What happened? And, and and maybe they on their side lost a lot of people because nobody wants nobody wants chaos and anarchy and small businesses. They want jobs. They want stability. They want law and order. They don't want this crap. No. And like I said this morning, earlier this morning, the, the mantra, of course, is I can't breathe. And the recommendation should have been from day one, folks, just take a breath. Take a deep breath. Eventually, you're going to get your justice, and we're on our way. I all, mean, four, it, it, all four cops are in custody. We're on our way. They should have taken a deep breath day one instead of I can't breathe. But again, it was Antifa and Black Lives Matter looking to take advantage of a tragedy. And Antifa, these guys especially, they were cocked and loaded waiting for a tragedy like this to to conduct their little insurrection attempt yep. is yep. what they were doing. Yep. So it didn't. There, were, there wasn't rational thinking. They, no. I mean, they were wait. 
Look, because you had uh, the, the Jew hater, the Farrakhan friend, uh, Keith Ellison, in charge of the prosecution. So you knew that they were going to upgrade the charges and charge the other three cops. And yet they were still out on the streets saying, we want justice. Well, just wait a few days. You're going to get it. And they got it. Also, Candace Owens, again, you've mentioned her a couple of times this morning, Bernard, echoing what we said yesterday morning, which is, you know, again, we, we the man did not deserve to die. We, we have to keep saying Excuse me. It's so annoying we have to keep saying that, but we do. Uh, did not deserve to die and all that. But uh, for people describing uh, George Floyd as a quote-unquote a great man, nothing could be further from the truth. Now it has been exposed, putting a gun to a pregnant lady's stomach, serving year after year in prison for armed robbery. Didn't deserve to die. We get that, folks. Don't even bother saying it again. But do not describe George Floyd as a great man. We have a habit of doing that. Somebody gets killed in terrible fashion, and all of a sudden we deify somebody who was anything but great. Bottom line. <laughs> no, he, he wasn't great uh, at all, uh, and he wasn't really necessarily on the rebound, as they said. He got out of jail in 2014, moved from Houston. He was working as a security guard in Minnesota. But when they arrested him, he, he, now he did lose his job. Yeah. Uh, during the pandemic. But uh, and maybe that's uh, another reason that the the overreaction to the coronavirus, which, by uh, the way, he tested positive for back in April. Yeah, the sh- right. That's right. In <laughs> fact, those cops may have coronavirus, <laughs> but, but he wasn't wearing a mask. God rest he, his soul. He was not wearing a mask. Uh, he was he had fentanyl in his system. He had meth in his system. He dropped a baggie of uh, uh, drugs, drugs on the floor. Try to pass over a counter for twenty dollar bill. And, and so, okay, so and he did not deserve to die. But you know, like uh, these, these, he wasn't some warm and fuzzy guy. He put a gun to a pregnant lady's belly and threatened to shoot the, the baby in the belly. Right. And that's why he did his uh, five years down in Texas. <laughs> I mean, give me a break. So I want to read this to you, Bernie, because this is right up your alley. I got to give you credit from the very beginning. You've talked about the deep state. Uh, whether it's Rod Rosenstein, uh, what he went through yesterday, what Barack Obama is going to go through today, his people. Uh, You've talked about this for a long time. And what Doug Mullen, this is this gentleman's name on Facebook, put on my page last night, really speaks to what you've been talking about. I think you're going to like this. I did read this in the 6 o'clock hour. Then it goes like this. Scare people with a virus. Place them in quarantine. Count the number of dead every second of every day in every news headline. Close all businesses. Put 40 million people out of jobs. Peak unemployment, remove entertainment, parks, gyms, bars, restaurants, sports, no dating, no touching, mask people, dehumanize them, close temples and churches, create a vacuum, let depression and anxiety and desperation set in, then ignite hatred and civil war, civil unrest, empty the prisons because of the virus and fill the streets with criminals, send an Antifa to vandalize property as if they are freedom fighters, undermine the law, loot Attack law enforcement, but tell government to order a stand down. We're all being baited by adversarial governments who want to destroy America, China, Iran, Russia. Have the far left abuse the racial wars to fuel the fires and in an election year, have Democrats blame all of it on the president. This, folks, is what modern warfare looks like. Well, very well said. And, and, and by the way, uh, some uh, quizzlings from within as well, aiding and abetting that movement. Uh, people like, for example, the Attorney General of Massachusetts. America oh. is burning, and that's a good thing because sometimes you need to burn down a forest to let it grow again. That's what she. That I, I mean, that's the mindset of a lot of people. And I played some of the clips of these idiots kneeling down, chanting in Jim Jones fashion, 
Uh, yes, I will be obedient oh, to uh, so uh, nice to my black neighbor. I mean, just shut up. Of course you will. Just do it. Don't right. don't don't pledge it. Do it. We're talking about kneeling for the uh, for the black folks, uh, these white folks that are trying to, you know, like you say, pander and ingratiate themselves when they don't have to do that. Kneeling was an issue yesterday too. New Orleans Saints quarterback Drew Brees, statistically maybe the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL. In fact, he is, and well on his way to the Hall of Fame. He came out yesterday and talked about how kneeling to him is very disrespectful to the flag. He loves the flag. He loves our men and women, our brave men and women. He doesn't like that. And, of course, he met a whole bunch of resistance. Richard Sherman in the NFL, the 49ers. LeBron James came out with a tweet, talked about his father-in-law serving, as if, by the way, that's okay, because his father-in-law served and feels a different way. That means how Drew Brees feels isn't right when you and I are in lockstep, totally agree with Drew Brees. Oh, good for Drew Brees. Good for somebody. And I've been saying it a, a long time. Uh, where are the, the, the right-minded, the righteous-minded uh, people, players in the NFL? NFL who agree with Drew Brees uh, for all these years and never said anything about, hey, listen, I, I don't agree with you kneeling down, my teammate, you over there. And let me just add one more thing about that, that, what that guy wrote on your Facebook page or, or Twitter page. Uh, just to think of uh, this uh, George Floyd. He had a job. Let's say he was on the rebound. He had a job, security job, and yet they decided to overreact to this uh, coronavirus and shut everything down because they thought it would maybe hurt the president or they, they, they hate capitalism or whatever it was. And so he has a job. Now he's out of a job. Now he has no money. You know, whatever he was making uh, was uh, peanuts. Maybe he was working uh, part-time as a security guard. So now he's making nothing. He can't get unemployment on that. And then he turns to drugs. And next thing you know, he's in, in a confrontation with police. Crime rise. Remember what we were saying? Suicide, depression, drug overdoses, drug, drug abuse, alcoholism, crime. And that's, that would be the collateral damage from the shutdown. The cure is worse than the disease. We said that. Direct result. This is a manifestation of that. They Very caused this. Very good point. That's right. That's right. Very good point. We did talk about that. A direct result of the shutdown. Those days of soda and pretzels and beer. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app. This reminds me, there used to be a guy in uh, Manhattan Beach in Brooklyn, Bernie. And we go there on the weekends, and he'd walk around. It was about 100 degrees. He had a sweatshirt on. He was wielding this, like, wagon in the hottest days of the summer. I don't think he missed a day in 50 years. And he would scream, soda, beer, fudgy wudgies. <laughs> I don't have to that poor guy. He, I, I'm telling you, 50 years. This guy, sweating and wearing a sweatshirt, walked across the beach, and I never once bought a fudgy-wudgy. Are you proud of yourself? No, I feel bad. Poor guy. You didn't patronize the, your local business, and now it's gone. No, it's That's gone. what happens. Hey, listen, uh, first of all, uh, yeah, everybody has good memories listening to that song. I think most of us do anyway. But uh, let me just say this. Uh, yesterday, you and I were talking, and we're like, oh, where's Oprah? Where's uh, Obama? Gail King, a bunch of those folks. Yeah, where's, where, where are some responsible uh, voices mm -hmm. in the black community to speak up? And, 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 and I mean, they left it to people like... Uh, Tiger Woods and, and, and John Bones Jones that nobody, most people have never heard of to say rioting and looting is not the way to go. And, and Mike Tyson that left it to people like that. But anyway, Obama did come out yesterday. Oh. Apparently, uh, he heard the calls, the beckoning, and he spoke. But listen to what he said. As tragic as these past few weeks have been, as difficult and scary and uncertain as they've been, uh, They've also been an incredible opportunity for people to be 
uh, awakened to some of these underlying trends. And they what? offer an opportunity uh, for what? us to all work together to tackle them, to take them off, to change uh, America and, and make it live up to its highest ideals. These underlying trends. Now, yeah. this, is the, this is the myth, the lie, the canard that they're pushing, uh, that this, uh, this police brutality thing is, is widespread, is epidemic. Uh, police using a, a, a lethal force has it's, it's plummeted in the last couple of decades. And it was still a lot higher under Obama than it was under the Trump years. Uh, under Obama, a lot more blacks and whites, unarmed blacks and whites, were killed by the police. More whites. Uh, but in 2019, there were, there were 10 unarmed blacks. 10 unarmed blacks were killed by the police. 20 unarmed whites. A couple of those cops were arrested who killed the blacks. And in the, uh, the 10 blacks that uh, I'm talking about, and the whites as well, they were attacking the police officers. The policemen were defending themselves. So there's no epidemic. That's A. That's just, just a start right there. And uh, why couldn't he say what Tiger Woods said, which is we can make our points without burning and looting the very neighborhoods we live in. I mean, that's it's he doesn't, easy. He doesn't, but he doesn't feel that way. Because the, and that's the constructive, honest conversation that, he, that Tiger Woods called for, is pointing out the statistics that I pointed well, out. Obama doesn't feel that way. Obama's one of those people that will tell you it's that... It's not a matter of feeling. You've got to follow the data. Uh, again, but, uh, and I, I hate to make any argument for the other side, which, but I'm going to have to here. It's not just about the data. Barack Obama and black people will contend that they get stopped all the time. They don't end up dead. So they're not in the data. And just, they're not in the stats. And, and, and just like, uh, and they get stopped all the time just for being black. And, they're harassed by the cops course, every day. Yes, I, I know that. And of course, uh, as I pointed out yesterday, and, and Candace Owens echoed yesterday afternoon when she posted her video, it's because the black males commit disproportionately the, the most crimes. Well, you and I understand that, but God it, forbid you tell it's, it's somebody a, that, they get crazy. It's not, it's, it's not a matter of understanding it. It's not, anybody can, it's easy, it's a fact, it's a stat, it's, a oh. da, it's data. <laughs> it's not it's easy. It's data-driven. It's not easy. There are millions of people in this country, black and white, who feel like the black people are being harassed. It's easy for you, right? Yeah, because I, uh, it's easy for well, me because well, well, so, I refuse to buy into lies and emotion. Okay. This is emotion that so, they're so, going so, with. So, I mean, is this the soft bigotry of low expectations? Not, not They Listen, can't understand that? No, I, I'll tell you what my cousin told me yesterday, and she's black, living in Atlanta. I love you, Sydney. I love you to death. But please don't talk about what me and my family go through. You're not black. You don't get it. Yeah, but I ju- as, as, as the stats, you just hit her right back with stats. I they, did. Cuomo says it all the time. It. you got to follow the they data. They don't want to hear it. And I'll Obama, uh, okay, yeah. they want to be blissfully ignorant, uh, that willfully well, they ignorant, want, that's they, fine. They also want to be victims, they want to be angry, they yes. want something to, to now, rail and now, we, about. now we're having a constructive, honest and, and, conversation. But that's, but that's been Obama for eight years. He's not going to do what Tiger Woods did because he didn't do that when he had the opportunity with Ferguson, Missouri, when he was the president. By the way, I, he I, still I, thinks I, he's still I, the president. I know that, but I'm going to call him out on it. <laughs> Go ahead. And that's, and that's exactly what I'm doing here. Now, speaking of fake news... Uh, let's skip to uh, this guy, John Berman. Uh, first of all, I was going to talk about the president. Uh, he's moving the uh, convention from uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And just a couple of weeks ago, you had both uh, Don Lemon and uh, uh, Wolf Blitzer crying and complaining. Oh, my God. You want to have a convention in Charlotte, North Carolina? You're going to put so many lives at risk. Yeah, you right. should have seen the crowds of people uh, protesting together with no masks yesterday in Charlotte. Which Don Lemon was, was you, encouraging. You don't hear squat from right. these idiots. But 
Uh, but let's go to but our did he friend. Where he's moving it to yet, though. I know he's leaving. No, Roy he Cooper. has not. Go to Florida. He has not. Right. Florida. He, he, well, we'll talk about that later. John Berman. This is him yesterday talking about the president's walk from the White House to the church. Listen to this idiot. There were people whose lives were endangered for that picture. You know, tear gas, rubber bullets, flashbang grenades. Lie, lie, lie. Fake news, fake news, <laughs> fake news. We used to like John Berman. He used to come on the show once in a while. Yeah, I know. I mean, but these, they've all been uh, infected by Trump derangement syndrome. There's no vaccine for it, and he's got it in spades. Now, I heard Eric Fleischer point out yesterday, if the Tea Party was surrounded, had just burnt, uh, set fire to St. John's Church, and then the next day they were surrounding the White House, and Obama took a walk over and went up there and held up a Bible they would be, he would be oh. God. And he, he was God anyway. He but, was God, yeah. But, 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 he, but, but Ari Fleischer made a great point. However, the point here is that the, the CNN guy, more fake news about the tear gas, the rubber bullets, which I said yesterday. Uh, listen to the defense secretary, Mark Esper, who came out yesterday and disagreed with Trump on sending troops to cities. So he's no lackey. But this is what he said about what this CNN fake news reporter just said. I also want to address a few other matters that have been raised about that evening. First, National Guard forces did not fire rubber bullets or tear gas into the crowd, as reported. Second, guardsmen were instructed to wear helmets and personal protective equipment for their own protection, not to serve as some form of intimidation. Third, military leaders, including the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, were wearing field uniforms because that is the appropriate uniform when working in a command center and meeting with troops in the streets. I'll add one more thing. They were warned uh, three times to get away. The president's co- coming through, and they yeah. did not move. But uh, do you think John Berman will play that? Clip? No, he's never going to play think that. Think so, Sid? No. But uh, they're very excited to tell you this morning that the Robert E. Lee statue in Richmond, Virginia, is coming down today. Well, we can have a conversation about that as well. Oh, we got so many things to I, talk about. I mean, about. <laughs> I, I, I can't intellectually defend uh, putting Confederate statue on government property. I cannot defend that. But. I mean, if you want to put it in your backyard or whatever, fine. God bless. You do whatever you want. But uh, as far as putting it at City Hall, I mean, you just can't. They, 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 were, uh, they tried to secede from the Union, A. That's A. We've, we, we lost uh, over 600,000 Union soldiers. I mean, it would be a, you know, it's a stain. It's a, it's a slap in the face of all those dead soldiers and yeah, their families. True. And also, they were pro-slavery. Right. So, I mean, how can you really intellectually defend that? No, you can't. Wow, Twilight Zone. Interesting. <laughs> well, folks, he was the best. He still is the best. He'll always be the best. BillOReilly.com. That's where you got to go. Great articles like his uh, latest, which I really enjoyed this morning. It's titled It's Not Black and White. Interviews, TV shows, prolific author. And what a great piece every morning right here on the Burning and Sit in the Morning Show at 7.20 a.m. Eastern Time. The highlight of the week. Here he is, the great Bill O'Reilly. Good morning, Bill. Hey, Bill. I don't smoke, but I'm in a corner now, and I'm traveling in another dimension. <laughs> yeah, right, Sony, that's right. He did smoke yeah. a lot. Hey, you know, um, your article was, was great uh, this morning, and I think you make a very, very good point. You did point out some of the injustices and some of the things that the African-American community does go through, and they are real. Some of these things are real. But you also made the, the, very, uh, the very real point that nothing will improve until our educational system does. I think you nailed it. Hit it right on the head. It's all about poverty. These uh, demonstrations across the country are about frustration and poverty and deprivation. Um, you're not seeing people um, want to burn down their country. 
if they're doing well. And um, I want to I want to go through this segment with you guys because you're my pals. All three of us have something in common. We're all New Yorkers, lifelong New Yorkers. And I, and I, I want to make some very clear points without a lot of bloviating. So what I'd like to do is make the most important point this morning right now. And then you guys ask me personal questions about what you're feeling uh, about this whole thing uh, in New York City. Okay. First big and most important point that all WABC radio listeners should understand is that the National Guard should be on the streets of our city right now. And the reason the Guard should be there is not only to protect you if you live in the five boroughs, but to protect the police officers. So now we are putting a police department at risk. And you saw it last night in Brooklyn of danger, grave danger, because the governor of the state will not put the National Guard to help the police department control, okay, impose order. Why won't Andrew Cuomo do that? It's a purely personal decision on his part. He doesn't want it on his resume. He doesn't want that Andrew Cuomo had to put the guard on the streets because Andrew Cuomo himself couldn't get the situation under control. So this is purely a personal political decision, not a decision based on safety of, of New Yorkers. It's this looks bad for me, so I'm not going to do it. And that is the absolute truth. Yeah, no, listen, uh, I agree with you a thousand percent. He is very selfish, and he's a coward. And well, I'm not going to call him any names, and I know he's a smart man, and I know he knows what I'm saying is absolutely true. Forget about Mayor de Blasio. That, he's not even a factor anymore. Any thinking person understands that he's incompetent and should not be in charge of a Taco Bell, much less the biggest cities <laughs> in the country. All right? You just don't put a guy like that in charge of anything. So that's over for him. He'll be down in history as perhaps the worst mayor in the cities um, ever, and he has no say on what happens uh, today, tomorrow, or any other time. It, but Cuomo does. Now, I want to hear you guys' questions, your personal questions. What's bothering you the most about what we are seeing in our country? Well, of course, uh, I mean, and it goes back to uh, Governor Cuomo, who, who you state is a smart man, and I, I agree with you, with you on that. He's very, very smart. He's slick. He's too smart. He's too cute by half, as they say. And he's the guy that signed the no-cash-bail law into effect, and that is coming back to haunt us. Because all of these people that were caught looting in the past few days, they're all back out on the street. That's Unless what... they had a felony warrant. That's the only way they can be held. And that's an excellent observation, McGurk. You have a legislature in Albany that is now virtue signaling. They're not doing their job. They're not trying to make life better for all New Yorkers. They're not trying to do that. They're trying to tell you that they are noble and that they understand poor people, particularly minorities, don't have any money. So they must commit crimes. They must, because our society, from the slavery days forward, has crushed them and are not able to make a living. This is the mindset. So that we cannot hold them accountable for any antisocial or violent activity. 
So therefore, when they're arrested, we're going to process them and let them go right back to the street, where they, of course, do the same thing again, because you're not caught every time you commit a crime. The statistic is you commit 50 crimes before you're caught for one. All right? So this is insane. And at the time of the law passed, we all talked about it, and we all said, this is dangerous, and it is. And now we're seeing that danger right in our face. But again, are the voters of New York going to finally say enough? That's the key question going forward. I think for me, Bill, my biggest disappointment is this ongoing lie that uh, there is this systematic racism that lives and breathes inside of police departments across the United States. And my biggest disappointment is that some of the more well-known, the more respected and revered African-American voices uh, have actually made it worse. They've thrown oil on the fire. They haven't gone out there and tried to fix any of this. I wonder when when somebody's going to stand up for once and say, listen, what happened to Mr. Floyd was horrible. It was tragic. It does happen too often. But there's no pandemic, and we need to come together and stop blaming each other. If somebody did that, they would be roundly criticized on Twitter, and they would be shamed. So you look at Drew Brees in New Orleans, the uh, legendary quarterback. All he said was, I'm not going to condone kneeling during the national anthem because I respect the legacy of my country. And for that, he has been vilified. Not only vilified, I'm I'm glad you brought him up because I was about to tweet this or when you were done with this interview. He did something that really upset me this morning, really upset me. He apologized. He did that because the ownership of the Saints said, if you don't, we're not going to have a team next year because all of the controversy is going to go into the huddle. But I'm not justifying his apology. I'm standing by his original remarks. But your question is, why do so many Americans believe that we have a racist country? Is that right? Correct. Sid? 100%. It's because we don't have shared experience. So when somebody says to me, O'Reilly, you have white privilege, I actually laugh at them. And I said, I'm going to take you down to Levittown and show you the house where I was raised. And then you can tell me how privileged I was not having air conditioning in a house with 180 degrees in August. All right, I don't, I don't get the privilege there. Um, but my shared experience is not that of somebody in Hempstead who might have been pulled over 10 times because they're black by police officers who are rude to them. That happens. And it happens all over the United States. And people, when they're insulted, when they're not treated fairly, they remember. I do. When the nuns kicked the hell out of me, I remember their name, their face, and everything that happened. Oh, yeah. All right? So I don't have the shared experience that an African-American has. And I understand that. And I listen to their stories. But I, there's no context to it because it's all about emotion. When you have an argument with your wife, your girlfriend, or a close friend, you know um, that the emotion takes over the argument. You say things you don't want to say, all of that. The statistic that everybody has to understand is that in a nation of 330 million people, 
There were 10 shootings last year, 10, of unarmed black people by police. 10. Yep, that according to the Washington Post of all people. And the FBI statistics right. back it up because right. the Washington Post doesn't know what they're doing. They just take the stats from the FBI. Now, if you said that to Spike Lee, he would say that's not true. You're covering it up. And then what do you say? There's nothing you can say. So he doesn't want to know the truth. It goes back to Jack Nicholson and a few good men. Right. Can't handle the truth. That's right. The truth is that we have a country that is separated by economy, by money, not by skin color. If you are an African-American who gets educated and is ambitious, you have a better chance to succeed than a Caucasian-American. You are valued by corporate America. They want you to work for them. I don't know, 45 years in corporate media. If you had an African-American who was performing well, they skyrocketed in um, influence in the company and money. Brian Gumbel. <laughs> but when you, when you have a country where the culture of the African-American inner city, not the suburbs and the rural area, but the inner city is hate whitey, don't get educated, Get a big tattoo on your neck. Don't speak the language. Take narcotics. Whatever it may be, that culture is not challenged in Bushwick. And, and I'm speaking generally here because there are, are more good people in those areas than you would ever know. But again, it's like Drew Brees. If they speak up, they're shunned. So it's very hard. You think that people in Chicago every day that walk out in those neighborhoods and see people shot down in the street, you think they're happy with that? No. No, they can't be. Can't possibly they're powerless. Yep. yep. Because the corrupt authorities in Chicago, and that's what they are, don't care about them. The only way to get out of there is for the children to learn and to strive. That's true. All right? Yep. So we don't have a time against Barack Obama, but he's a fascinating man, and I know him pretty well. He tried to lift African Americans economically, but he failed. He failed because he doesn't understand the capitalism system, that you can't redistribute income. That doesn't work. You have to lay the foundation of knowledge and perspective and maturity. And that perspective in the public schools is not being laid. I'm a former high school teacher. I know it. I saw it. I lived it. And unless you do that, all the virtue signaling in the world is not going to prevent 10 unarmed blacks from being killed every year in a nation of 330 million. Right. And by the way, Bill, uh, 20 unarmed whites, just to throw that stat in. Uh, listen, it, to your column's point, which is it's not black and white by Bill O'Reilly at BillOReilly.com. I mean, this police uh, shooting, uh, this police brutality canard is perpetuated by the media, the culture and all of that. And you write in your column that the idiot commentators on TV uh, depict the U.S. as a hateful cauldron of bias. And, uh, you know, if we're such a hate, hateful cauldron of bias, I mean, how do you explain so many uh, Americans crossing the border 
if we're not a hatred, a hateful cauldron of born bias, I should say, how do you explain so many Americans crossing the border and sneaking into Mexico to escape this American nightmare? If you gave the 38 million African-American individuals a choice tomorrow, you can go to France or any Western European country. We'll pay for it. But you can stay here. What do you think they do? <laughs> yeah. No, no, I mean, they're, come on. They're, they're coming the other way, actually. Uh, they're sneaking in and not out. Of and that, that's my point, yeah. of course. I'm a simple man. I break it down into <laughs> you... very, very simple, vivid images. All right? So your, your audience can understand. I appreciate WABC running my commentary every morning. I appreciate you guys having me on every week and uh, touting the website. But I, I am so frustrated with the ignorance that I'm hearing, particularly in the media, I don't think there has ever been a more corrupt organization, and certainly not in my lifetime, than CNN. I have never seen more lies, more deceit hoisted upon the American public than that. And I've been watching them most of the time during this. Yep. And, and, hate, way, and but, but here's the thing. And, hate. and they don't get any ratings. So I don't know why Jeff Zucker no, continues to work. They're getting what they call drive-bys now, people who don't really watch the news. But because of dial position, CNN has a dial position that's easy to find. Right. So more people are watching it. But those commentators and reporters are basically lying mm-hmm. about the situation. Yep. They're portraying it most people, 71% of them, of us, support putting the National Guard in the cities to maintain order. That cuts across every racial boundary, every political boundary. You will never hear that no. on CNN. No, you won't. Hey, uh, Bill, you were magnificent again today. We As love having usually, you on. Yes. I mean, really, it's, it's, it's really an honor and a pleasure for us. So thank you so much. And All right, I keep want talking. to stay safe. I want everybody to bring the emotion down. Um, we're going to have a better summer, and I will talk to you guys again next week. Love it. You're the man, Bill. Thank you, buddy. Thank Bill, you so much. Bill, BillOReilly.com. BillOReilly.com. And talking about ratings, Rachel Maddow took a dive That's in May right. all the way in seventh place. And by the way, six of those shows were on Fox News. One of those shows, CNN. She got beat by a CNN show. That's when you know you're having a very, very difficult time. Rachel Maddow, MSNBC. Good ridden. I'm just out to find the better part of me. I'm more than a bird. I'm more than a plane. I'm more than some pretty face beside a train. And it's not easy to be here. I'm loath to interrupt this uh, beautiful melody. It's a good song. It is good. Five for Fighting, great group. We're here uh, on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app. Download it right now, ladies and gentlemen. The 77 WABC app. Uh, Sid brought this up with Bill O'Reilly in real time. He was, uh, it broke while we were talking to Bill O'Reilly. A Drew Brees came out. He was defending, of course, the national anthem, the flag, and uh, blah, blah, blah. He made it. He actually was doing an interview. Let's just play what he said first before we, uh, before we, re- well, I'll, I'll tell you about it on the other side. I will never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag of the United States of America or our country. Let me, let me just tell you what I see 
or what I feel when the national anthem is played and when I look at the, the flag of the United States. I envision my two grandfathers who fought for this country during World War II, one in the Army and one in the Marine Corps, both risking their lives to protect our country and to try to make our country and this world a better place. So every time I stand with my hand over my heart, looking at that flag and singing the national anthem, that's what I think about. And in many cases, it brings me to tears, thinking about all that has been sacrificed, not just those in the military, but for that matter, those throughout the civil rights movements of the 60s. And everyone and all that has been endured by so many people up until this point. And is everything right with our country right now? No, it's not. We still have a long way to go. But I think what you do by standing there and showing respect to the flag with your hand over your heart is it shows unity. It shows that we are all in this together. We can all do better and that we are all part of the solution. My God. I mean, what could be wrong with that? Perfect. That's like exactly. He covered all bases as well. Is everything perfect? No. Right. But he talked about the flag and and millions and millions of people share that opinion. Now, let me just tell you that it only took moments, moments after Drew Brees uttered that yesterday for a load of folks in the National Football League, including Richard Sherman and maybe the most famous person of all in the NBA, LeBron James, to come down really hard on Drew Brees. Really hard. (laughs) (laughs) So... Here it goes, folks. Here's the apology that just came out within the past hour. Not just an apology, but it's on his uh, Instagram page, which is at Drew Brees. I happen to be followed Drew. And the apology is there, but the picture of the apology is a white hand and a black hand holding hands. You could have done that that with the the statement. With the initial initial Uh, statement. That's right. 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 I mean, it's it's all about unity. The, The flag should unify us all. I mean, come on, not, we're not perfect, but uh, we're striving for uh, perfection. Anyway, this is what he put out. I would like to apologize to my friends, teammates in the city of New Orleans, the black community, NFL community, and anyone I hurt with my comments. In speaking with some of you, it breaks my heart to know the pain I have caused. In an attempt to talk about respect, unity, and solidarity centered around the American flag and the national anthem, I made comments that were insensitive and completely missed the mark on the issues we are facing right now as a country. So, what, what, what was insensitive about the part nothing. about his, grand, his father and grandfather uh, serving in uh, the military? Nothing. There was nothing insensitive <laughs> Fight, there. Fighting for this country? Yeah. So, talking about his comments, they lacked awareness and any type of compassion or empathy. I, I Instead, those words have become divisive and hurtful and have misled people into believing that somehow I am an enemy. This could not be further from the truth, and it is not an accurate reflection of my heart or my character. Hey, he was bullied. He was bullied. In fact, I tweeted talking about real time. I brought this up with Bill O'Reilly during the interview. Now you've read the apology in real time before even read the apology. I tweeted this at Sid Rosenberg. Extremely disappointed in Drew Brees. His initial statement was 1,000% correct and shared by millions. He allowed himself to be bullied, your word, Bernard, by ownership and his ignorant colleagues when, in fact, he was on the right side of the argument. Sad, very sad. Who said that? Me. Oh, very good. <laughs> he absolutely, on my Twitter. <laughs> he he, he co- totally, completely was bl- I mean, What he said yesterday, he said with resolve. I mean, there's no way you flip-flop like that. His unless- first sentence, he said, I'll never, ever feel right. differently. Exactly. <laughs> now, he, A, he was bullied, and B, his agents were telling him, listen, 
you want these endorsements to continue, correct? You got to make a statement, bro. And, and his owner said, and, and it's got to be unequivocal. His owner said, "You're one of only three white guys on the team. The NFL is 88 percent black. You think these guys are going to want to play with you this season? You better apologize now. We don't need any issues in the locker room. So that's another issue. The NFL is almost all black. Hey, listen, free speech. It, it really, it's been under assault for years." And uh, right here on display, this is Exhibit A. It's by, uh, you know, by, 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 by the mob. The mob decides. The Twitter mob decides what you can and cannot say. And Drew Brees is the latest example. Oh, man, I'm so, so sorry. To hear. This guy just donated $5 million to uh, the city of New Orleans. Yeah. For the corona. I mean, he's a good guy. He's a great guy. I know personally, he's a great guy. And I stand with his first statement a thousand percent. Yes. A thousand percent. They made him cave. They made him (laughs) cave. It's terrible. And, and, and of course, I mentioned this earlier. Tiger Woods, he is uh, catching a lot of flack, talking about the uh, black community, that we don't don't have to do this. We don't have to ride in our own neighborhoods, burn down our own neighborhoods. There's got to be a better way. He also taking a lot of heat. Uh, for for just saying that, for stating the obvious, him and uh, John Bones Jones and Mike Tyson, these are the guys that we have to look to for uh, you know common sense and wisdom. For God's sakes, yeah, not, we can't not our say leaders. It. Yeah, no, we can't. No, you and I can't. And I get the text every day. Listen, you got a very big mouth between you and Bernie on the radio. You're included in that, by the way, buddy. And it's, and on social media too, because I tweet about 20 times a day, and I do say things on Twitter I wouldn't say here. I get a little more aggressive on social media. They're like, they know what train station you're at every morning you talk about it. They know what trains you're on. They know what building you and Bernie are in. Do us a favor and just kind of calm down. I'm like, no. Who says that? Uh, Look, relatives and so friends. And, De- Dennis, no. Dennis Rodman makes more sense than Barack Obama <laughs> on, on this. I mean, it's it true. really is uh, ass backwards, upside down. George Floyd's brother, for God's sakes. Stop the rioting. We're better than this. Stop the looting. This is not the point. For Christ's sake, what's wrong with these people? Terry is in Queens. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Bernie and Sid. Um, I just wanted to make a comment. I love Bill O'Reilly, and I listen every Thursday when you guys have him on. The only thing that I um, have to disagree with was that um, I'm, I'm the mom of a 19-year-old and uh, you know who's very passionate about what's going on with the protesting. He explained to me that they are protesting because of the systemic racism that they believe exists in all the police departments around the country, and they're trying to uh, get that abolished. And they, they feel that the looting, the reason why there's looting, is because that puts the spotlight on the cause and um, it keeps everybody alive. Look, look, Terry, I respectfully disagree. They're looting because they want free stuff. I mean, that's that's the that's the mo of this generation. The socialists, the uh, the Alexandria Ocasio Cortezes, the Bernie Sanders, free stuff. No, but to her it, point, I think you're right, Bernie. They're looting because of the free stuff. But to her point, I think that the protesters are not as angry with the Antifa as as they claim they are because. Though, because they're looting and bashing windows and doing all these things, it is keeping this story on the front page. In other words, a couple of peaceful protests, the story goes away. But if you try to take over America and bash windows and steal stuff, we're still talking about George Floyd. I think the peaceful, quote-unquote, protesters kind of like that in Terry's defense. Well, I would say this, that, that we weren't talking about George Floyd. George Floyd went away. 
We were talking about the looting and the rioters and the politicians and, and the, the, the cowardice. We were talking about that, but again, I'm on social media and thousands of people were talking about, yes, this is going on, but it all goes back to George Floyd. You could still, uh, you can march in the streets, you can uh, obstruct traffic, you can do all those things, but if you smash a window, and, and by the way, still get all that attention, let me finish the sentence. Yeah. But when you smash windows and you start stealing stuff and you're, uh, you're pummeling, you're pummeling small business owners. Look at some of the videos. You got cops uh, protecting uh, retired old black cops protecting private property and they're getting shot and killed live on Facebook. I mean, the, George Floyd is lost in all that. I mean, I'm sorry. He's no, lost in all that. You. And you're losing the argument. If you wanted unity and you wanted uh, a consensus on what should happen to these cops. Yeah, we already agree. We already agreed on that, but that we were beyond that. Now we're looking at these people and we're saying, look at some of these savages, what they're doing. Yep. Is this really what they're like? Well, this lady, Terry, you may remember, called in yesterday. She mentioned again just now her 19-year-old son went against her will and did go out and protest. So she's living with this in yeah. her house, and, and she's obviously yeah, very And, you know, there was, there was a, another 19-year-old uh, white privileged uh, kid who I mentioned earlier in the week, he, he, in Indiana, I, well, I won college in Indiana, and he was protesting, and he, he, he bent down to pick up a, a flashbang grenade, to, a gas canister, to throw it back at the police, and he took one to the eye and he lost his eye. Aye, 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 but this aye. is white, these, these are privileged white kids. I mean, it's just that, that they've been brainwashed in school. I laid out the stats, the data. Bill O'Reilly did it as well. Uh, and you can't argue with stats. Well, you can. I argue with my wife and my son and people and my cousin every single day, and they don't want to hear it. They don't think the stats are really indicative. And Bill did bring this up of uh, black people being harassed. He said it does happen. He goes, it does happen. And that's, that's their argument. It, it goes above and beyond how many people get shot, how many people die. Their argument is they leave their house every morning like a cop does, and what, wondering if they're going to get killed and, 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 and or harassed. And Bill O'Reilly uh, explained why. Because the culture yeah. says... Uh, you should be that way. Don't learn, don't, or else you're selling out. Don't. You got to be. You want to be gangster. You want to be. You want to smoke weed. You don't want to delay gratification. I agree with them. You want to go out. You, you, there's a reason why uh, the, uh, the young black males commit a disproportionate amount of the crime. Watch that Candace Owens tape. In fact, we're going to get some clips from it. We should do that because uh, she's. Yeah. I mean, she's a black woman, and she speaks very articulately and passionately about just that. And tells the truth about uh, George Floyd. He was no hero. He was no martyr. God rest his soul. We're all upset that he died. The way he died, he was not a great man. In fact, he was anything but. We'll come back on Bernie and Sid right after this. Def Leppard. Hysteria. 926 a.m. on your Thursday morning here in New York City. We are right here in the epicenter of all of it. Pandemics and riots and, you know, Penn Station. And yeah. uh, we're alive to talk about it. That, you know, the, the, I think at the end of the day, we should write a book, you and I, Burn, how we survived these last six months at Madison Square Garden in New York City. It really is incredible, really. <laughs> well, the, the, this particular Penn Station area, yeah. I mean, just brutal. <laughs> I mean, you have no idea, folks, if you... Oh, it's yeah. just a t- it's 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 a zombie land. A, a zombie land it was during the pandemic. It's of actually course. it's actually getting a little better now. There's uh, a lot yeah, more well, people. Well, more people. But this yeah. past week, oh, yeah. with, with uh, in the city here with the roving bands of looters and thugs. Oh my God! It was it's absolutely horrendous. Terrible. The dystopian. Terrible. I think is the word that uh, the three dollar word I'm looking for. Good word. Uh, somebody said uh, it, was, it was like Escape from New York. Yeah, exactly. Like the movie. In fact, they they locked the doors downstairs. They locked the doors. They never. Ha- I've been here for 13 years. 
They never have locked the doors downstairs at two Penn Plaza. They did. They as locked I them. enter. Yeah, I had a I had a knock on the the side yeah. door. And what's funny is this morning my train has been late the last two days. It was never late, even when they first closed the, the subways. The five ten has now been arriving at my stop at five twenty one, which gets me here about five forty. And um, I walk in, I, I walk, get in the building, the doors were open today, and I walk into the elevator, and who runs right up next to me but Bernie? And yeah. Bernie's in his garb, you know, he's got the scarf, he's got I, the knife. I got the lid, the scarf, I got a, actually a, a wife beater, which I wrapped the, the straps around my ear, and I put a, a, a skull cap on, and I look... I guess I look uh, like a Muslim almost. But you look almost like, yes, like, a, like a, if it's possible, an Irish Muslim. But it's like it's 70 <laughs> degrees this morning, and I'm wearing black gloves, yeah. and I got the little knife in my hand because uh, I'm used to doing that coming in at 1.30, but you can't because the curfew lasts till 5 o'clock, yeah. and they, won't let you, they wouldn't let you in the city at least this week. Meany, did you get stopped this morning? Did not. Had no issues getting over the, uh, the bridges to Manhattan okay, this well, morning, he did, he did yesterday. Yeah, had some problems yesterday. Yeah, maybe day one. It's kind of like, you know, when uh, they said down in Florida, if you come from New York, you're going to be quarantined for 14 days. I've got countless friends, including my former agent, Mark Lebselter and Arthur Idala, that traveled down to Florida during that period, and they had to fill out a form on the airplane, had to drop it in a box at Fort Lauderdale Airport, where there were tons of police, and guess what? The father-in-law was downstairs with his flip-flops on and a pair of shorts, and they exited the airport <laughs> and went right to the beach. I mean, uh, there was nobody there to enforce any of that nonsense. Uh, that and, uh, and, and I guess here, the fact that the looting has really subsided uh, there was looting uh, Tuesday night, uh, last night. I, I don't believe there was any looting. There was just, I don't think there so. There was just the, uh, the cops in Brooklyn. The, the, the F the curfew people. And the cops in Brooklyn, which, which was uh, oh, yeah, not, not by the riots. Right, right, right. That well, was they, they, Church were, Avenue. they were on looting patrol. Correct. Whoever, uh, we don't know what the motive for the attack was no. at, at this point. Yeah. Let's uh, take one quick call, and then we'll uh, get back to the news. Kevin Denville, line three. Good morning, Kevin. Hey, how's it going? I'm awesome show. Hey, pal. Hey, oh, thank so, you. So I got pulled over, and the cop actually admitted that it was because of the color of my skin. Well, if you're a so, white guy buying drugs in a bad neighborhood, you'll get pulled over. Yeah, yeah pretty much. But that, we got... Uh, happened to me. That's very true. Time. Happened to me. Yeah, Pickett Avenue. Go ahead. <laughs> We're teens and uh, driving through Patterson looking for this dumpy um, Google bar called Don's. Oh, yeah, same before, thing. Right. Yeah, yeah so, we, so we, long before GPS, we ended up in the black side of town. Cops came rolling us hard. Flashlights out. What are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Just looking for Don's. And he must have known that was sincere because he started laughing, shaking his head. He goes, right. he gave us the directions how to get to Don's. And he goes, hey, look. He goes, only, he goes, nothing but white kids come through here looking for drugs. So, so let me ask you this. Is he being racist or realist? They're being realists. You make such a good point. The yeah. Washington Heights was uh, chock full of white kids coming over the bridge yeah. from Jersey to yeah. buy drugs, and they were stopped constantly. I, 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 I personally was stopped in Queens on Pitkin Avenue, and uh, I was a white guy buying drugs in a black na- neighborhood. So they were right. They are actually right yes. by stopping me. Listen, profiling is a, uh, a legitimate tool to use if some, uh, you know, I mean, uh, it's common sense. You're in a black neighborhood, and you see these white kids, and you know already yeah. that, that, that you know, they don't belong there and that right. there's a pattern of them buying drugs. Right. So, therefore, that, that's where the profiling comes in. I'm okay with that. They happen to be right. I mean, look, and by the way, just, just so you guys know, 
What other radio show in the country? We'll have two guys talking about buying drugs and picking Avenue in Queens. That'll be that honest because you know there are guys out there that have done a heck of a lot of that, if not worse, on radio every day. You'll never, ever, ever hear about it. No, with me... I lived in those neighborhoods. I know you did. So I didn't have to drive to them <laughs> to, to get the drugs or whatever it they was. They were right outside your front door. Right there. Yeah. Right I might the have been dealing them. I, don't, yeah. I wouldn't cop to that. but uh, that one, Now, you were not in Fort Apache, but you were close to that in the Bronx. Well, right? that, that was 41st Precinct. I was the 43rd Precinct, which is just is north of that, right. over the Bronx River, near uh, the White Castle on Brooklyn Boulevard. I know the place, sure. It, well, that's it. And that's then it. You have the uh, the Bronxdale projects, the uh, Monroe projects, which is where I was. Bronxdale now called the Sonia Sotomayor projects. Oh my God! Because that's where she grew up. Wow, that's funny. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, Mary J. Blige, the pride of slow bomb projects and Yankees. You think you liked her before? She actually just tweeted, I'm disappointed with Drew Brees. She did really? No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> I had you, though. I had you. You had me, Sid. You had me. I was like, Joe Pesci and Goodfellas, you started muttering. <laughs> she is actually, uh, she's a good woman, though. I mean, she's, yeah, 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 yeah. She's, she's a right-minded lady. I love her. She's a great talent. She's a good Christian great. right yeah. now. And anyway, yes, but the slow bomb projects in Yonkers, I mean, if you make it out of there, <laughs> God bless you. I mean, I'm telling you, you talk about a rough hood. I used to drive a taxi in Yonkers, as you know. Yes. Valentine's. Valentine's. Yeah. And whenever I got a call to go to slow bombs, I didn't go. <laughs> I said, Okay, and I went to the railroad station instead and uh, picked up a fare, put it in my pocket, and said, radioed back, eh, there's nobody coming out here. <laughs> All right, move on, go, and go somewhere else. Oh and then I realized you had to pay off the dispatcher in order not to get calls in slow bomb. And so it, it worked out in the end. Is that uh, taxi company still in business? Va- Valentine's? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, don't you think it's funny if you ever stop by there one day, now that you become, I mean, in all seriousness, a big star with I Miss, huge star now, your own morning show, Oh, from a guy that was driving there, tied, they'd probably treat you like royalty if you ever went there. I don't know. I know there was, there was one guy in our, uh, he, used to, he actually still drives for Valentine Taxi, a kid who I knew growing up. Yeah. He, he called us once or twice. We were talking about oh, Uber, Uber versus I Taxi. Remember. yes, yes. Yeah, so they're still there, Valentine's Taxi. We should uh, spend one day, I'm serious, one day, Going back to our old jobs. So one day, you, Bernie McGurk, now this big radio star, should drive a taxi for one day. And I'll go back and pick one of the various jobs that I got fired from. And just go back for one day to live the lives we used to live. Oh, my gosh. Listen, I got a million stories uh, with the taxis. I drove at night. On Friday nights and Saturday nights mostly. And uh, you Mm -hmm. can imagine. You can only imagine. Yep. Yep. But uh, save that for another day. Look, uh, this, uh, this kneeling thing with Drew Brees... I mean, he's not going to kneel. It is, the kneeling is disrespectful, but not to a bunch of white people. Uh, for example, in Bridgehampton a few days ago, they all knelt. They laid down on the ground. They submitted themselves. Disgusting. Really. Uh, Bridgehampton, these rich, guilty white people. They also did it in Bethesda, Maryland. They all, all these rich white people in Bethesda, very well-off community. You've got to see this video. I'll play the audio. I don't but- want to see the video. They're all kneeling there with their hands up. I'm humiliated for these and, people. And they're, they're, uh, it's, it's like uh, a, a Jim Jones. They, like they drank the Kool-Aid and they're pledging allegiance to Jim Jones. They Good got analogy. their hands in the air. They're on their knees. Yep. And they're repeating 
what the Antifa creep is uh, blurting out over the bullhorn. Take a listen. I will use my voice in the most uplifting way possible. I will use my voice in the most uplifting way possible. And do everything in my power to educate my community. And do everything in my power to educate my community. I will love my black neighbors the same as my white ones. I will love my black neighbors the same as my white ones. Oh, my God. I, can, can you hear the uh, graves in Arlington from here spinning? That is a tough listen. Can you that is a, that, No, that's a really tough listen. This is scary stuff. That's, that's scarier than sometimes than the lady crying and yelling and screaming. About her sister. Whatever it is. That's even scarier. Yeah, it is. This is you're talking about a couple of hundred people on their knees repeating with some uh, uh, lice-infested Antifa creep is uh, making them repeat. Now, here in New York... Some dude uh, from Black Lives Matter was going around and he was uh, ambushing uh, women, I guess women exclusively, but uh, in, in this case, a white woman. This Black Lives Matter, uh, he claimed to be from Black Lives Matter. He sounds white to me, but whatever that means. Anyway, just take a listen to this uh, insomnia, as, uh, as they would say in the mob. Take a listen. I work for Black Lives Matter. I'm sorry that I scared you. Okay. But... Since I work for that company, my CEO has told me to come out today and to bring you on your knees because you have white privilege. So if they see that a white person is getting on their knees, that shows solidarity for the situation. The situation. And could you just please apologize for, you know, for your white privilege? Now she's getting on her knees and she's saying. Just apologize. I know. I'm trying to think of the right words to say because that's a, that's a big thing to say. It's, it's big. It comes from... It's so it's large in this country. I'm incredibly, incredibly sorry. She's on her knees. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of the right thing to say. I would knock I, that I don't, guy I, out. I don't want uh, you to kill me. I would knock him out. I seriously, I'd punch him. I'd put him on his this? knees in two seconds. This is America. Unreal. America 2020. Unbelievable. Now, well, listen. I hope, that, I hope that Fox News and Newsmax, specifically Newsmax, brings on a ton of people today to talk about those two videos that you just played and Drew Brees going out there and defending what Drew Brees said initially. Not his bullcrap, cowardly. It was cowardly. I, I, I love Drew Brees early this morning. Now he's a coward. That's my opinion. To apologize for something that he was right about. I hope these television stations, because you're not going to get it from CBS or Fox or NBC or, or ABC, bring on people to talk about how cowardly Drew Brees is and what this country, based upon what you just played, Bernard, is turning into. Yeah, really gross. But uh, I will say this. There is, there is some hope. I mean, I, we, we did. I, I mentioned earlier... You had several uh, athletes. Uh, I mean, look, they're not, they're not the most prominent. Tiger Woods, I guess, is the most prominent. Why do we have to riot and burn down our own neighborhoods? Uh, it's counterproductive. But also John Bones Jones, uh, Mike Tyson, even Dennis Rodman, making more sense than uh, any of these politicians that I've listened to. Anything that Barack Obama said yesterday, these guys are making more sense. These sports figures, I mean, so, so there's some hope. And also... I told you about the, uh, the Bronx also was hit hard. The media ignored that. The mainstream media, the, the fake news, cable news media, they ignored the Bronx was looted and burned on Monday night, just as Manhattan was. But it didn't fit the narrative because the, the owners of these small businesses, they were black. They were Hispanic. And they were hurt. They were hit hard. So it was the, the same thing in Minneapolis. I played one of the, the, the residents, an older woman. My drugstore is closed. Where am I going to go now for my meds? You know, it was awful, awful, burning down their own neighborhood. So this one woman is cleaning up her, uh, her business, which she partially owns. This is the next day. She's cleaning up, and apparently one of these 
I, I don't know who, an Antifa member or somebody, uh, shows up with a cell phone and is uh, videotaping this cleaning up of a small business. Uh, take a listen to her. You says Black Lives Matter. I work here part-time. Plus, I'm a part owner of this store. You said Black Lives Matter. Why don't you choke me? I'm black. Tell him, Look what you did to my store. Tell him, sister. Look! Look what you did to my store. Tell him, sister. That's right, because I got their back. These are my shoes right here. Good man. Look at the things you've done. Good man. Look! The Black Lives Matter. We've been here all night cleaning up. All night cleaning. And you got black people standing right here with them. Black people. Tell me. Black Lives Matter. You lied. You wanted to loot the store. You needed money. Get a job like I do. Stop stealing. This is the neighborhood. We're trying to build it up, and you're tearing it down. You're trying to, we're trying to build it up, and you're tearing it down. And again, Dennis Rodman, uh, Tiger Woods, John Bones, Bones Jones, J.R. Smith, of all people. So there's hope. It's not these, uh, these, this, these idiotic uh, white people, these humiliating white people, also in Merrick yesterday, in Nassau County, uh, the, there was a protest, and News 12 reported that there, were some, there was some online chatter that they were going to cause destruction in Merrick as they marched through on their way to Massapequa. They wanted to go into some of the white neighborhoods. Well, the residents of Massapequa blocked their way. Good. Would not allow them in. They were on Merrick Road, if, if you're familiar with I'm it. I'm very familiar with it. it to, in order to get in, yep. you know, the train kind of cuts it off. So they wouldn't let it in. They wouldn't let him in. And this is what a couple of the people who were part of the blockade uh, said about it. When you pretty much make an online threat to take my property or destroy my property or any of these people's property, that's when I have a problem. They're not going to come down this block and destroy our our town. They're not going to make their way. They, they threaten to make their way to Massapequa and take back what's rightfully theirs all the way. There's no way they're going to do it. They're doing a lot of that. There's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, flyers and pamphlets. I know they're going to uh, riot, I guess, or whatever, in Cadman Plaza today. But there's a little town. My friend Christina lives there. It's in Clark, New Jersey. And they actually put something online that said, we're coming to your neighborhood in Clark, New Jersey. And we're basically, basically hunting white people. It's online. I mean, this is, it's, right, yeah. it's right there. Uh, Clark, uh, uh, New uh, Jersey. And you heard the uh, Polk County Sheriff yesterday from Florida, which you loved. He says, yeah. Go, go, try to uh, home invade, try to destroy some of the neighborhoods in, in my community. But they've all got guns. That's exactly right. That's what he said. I don't know if they've all they'll, got they'll, guns they'll, in Clark, New Jersey. They'll blow your ass away. But Love this it. Is, now, now this is, is this uniting the country or dividing the country? I mean, it's not even close. It's right. dividing it even more. Exactly. I mean, so Antifa's winning. And yet, and, and all these politicians and, and Barack Obama, they're feeding into it. They're feeding into it like the buffoons that they are. And uh, you know what? It's only going to help the Republicans in November. I, I believe that, right, including so. the black lady, the black female uh, business owner you just heard there, the one whose drugstore was burned down in Minneapolis. They're going to say, listen, I need law and order. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's the government's number one job is to protect the citizens, to keep them safe. Kim is in Connecticut. Oh, before you get to Kim, uh, I hope you're right. You were right in 2016. My fear is you're not going to be right this time. And I want you to be right. 2016, I didn't vote for your guy. I hope to God. Well, that's my fear as well, that I'm not yeah. going to be right. But yeah. uh, uh, look, if uh, the history is any indication and common sense, I think I'm going to be right. But anything can happen. Yeah. If you listen to these idiots on the ground in Bethesda, <laughs> I mean, it makes you wonder. Kim, 
Connecticut. You're on the Bernie and Sid show. Good morning to you. Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, Kim. How are you, sweetie? Good. Listen every day, and thank you for your courage. You've thank really you. helped us make it through this. Thank you. We now, appreciate that. Now, Brees, I just want to say I'm so disappointed that he let, he let this mass invalidate his opinion and his personal experience. And whether he realizes it or not, he has forfeited his right to stand in the national anthem. They're never going to get off his back until he kneels now. Oh, you're 100% right. Now, look, it may even be his own ownership that said, hey, listen, you got to play with these guys in the locker room. It doesn't and matter. It, it doesn't matter because Drew Brees has made about $500 million in his career. Right. And At this point, you can afford to walk away and say, "Let me. I'm going to the Hall of Fame. I'm the greatest statistical quarterback ever. I've won a Super Bowl. I've made a half a billion dollars. And this means more than what you're trying to make me do. See, if he was a young quarterback, he might have a choice. Right, right. He's but good to go. He's good to go. Yep. And to Kim's point, uh, yeah, it's never enough. They're going to want more and more and more. Next thing you know, he's going to be kneeling on the sidelines. Now, I hate to have to say this. We stated this. We stipulate this from the beginning, and we said it last week. What happened to George Floyd was wrong, was horrific, and the guy should have been charged with murder. He was charged with murder. The charges were upgraded. The other cops were even arrested. They're incarcerated right now. Stipulated, folks. Stipulated. The rest of this crap... No, we don't go along with that. No, none of it. It's way over the top. It is not an epidemic. Look at the facts. Look at the data. I don't care what the perception is. Look at the reality. The reality is the cops are, most of the cops are good people. Right. And when people come on this station and they do it all the time and go, I'm okay with the peaceful protest. All of our guests have said that. Let me say something. I'm not. Because there really is no such thing as a peaceful protest anymore. When you're dealing with race like we are here, there's no such thing as a quote-unquote peaceful protest. We've seen time and time again Antifa pop up over the last five or six years. We've seen violence everywhere. And if the violence doesn't erupt right there at the protest, then some animal comes up and shoots two cops a day later. There's no such thing as a peaceful protest anymore, not when it comes to race. And plus, if justice is being served and it was swift, they were fired immediately. Yeah. It took a couple of days to arrest them, but you have to build a case. And maybe you could make the case that if uh, he wasn't in uniform and he murdered somebody, he would have been arrested. Fine. Keith Ellison was in charge of the prosecution, so you knew where it was going. You knew he was going to be uh, charged uh, with at least murder three, and then it was now it's murder two, and the other cops were arrested. It was inevitable. This was all a total divisive, destructive waste of time. You say was. It's still going on. It's all in the air. Back here in the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app. Download it now, ladies and gentlemen. Did you hear about the Central Park Karen? Yeah, she got a dog back. She got a dog back. Yeah. And now... Uh, Amy Cooper, I think is her name. Amy Cooper, and they know where she lives, the Central Park Karen. So right now they're outside demonstrating outside her apartment. And they, you know what they're screaming? What? No justice, no pooch! Is that what this guy? <laughs> That's funny. No justice, no pooch. <laughs> uh, why'd you get the dog back? I thought they. Uh... You, you know why? Because uh, they they wanted to give it to the police. They want it's a, it's, it was a rescue dog. Yeah. So it was in a shelter. It needed a home, and apparently nobody wanted it. So they tried to give it to the police, and the police said, "We don't want it either. We, wow. I mean, we can't we can't handle it." So they said, uh, uh, "Karen." Karen, what did you do, Karen? That was sixty thousand dollars. Yes. Karen. Where, where is it, Karen? What did you do? Why did you do that? Uh, let us go. 
Uh, where should we go? John? We've got, we got time for one. John is in Scarsdale. Good morning, John. Thanks for uh, being a voice of sanity in this craziness. I have uh, just two quick things. Uh, the first one is to preserve civil society. People need to believe they have something at stake in it. But for decades, the radicals who took over academia have been indoctrinating kids to believing there's nothing redeeming at all about America. So what did they think would happen? The whole burn it down mentality was planted by design on campuses for a generation. Not just campuses, John. Thank you for the phone call. You're We're out of time, right, but elementary schools, too. My son goes through it fifth grade. It's, uh, it's really, it's, in, it's affected all of our school systems. And it's not, everywhere. New, it's not news to us. No, we, no. We've been no. talking about it. The, yeah. the indoctrination, the brainwashing. We've used those words many, many times. Many times. And it's why people like, uh, you know, Milo Yiannopoulos back in the day and, and now Ben Shapiro, Ann Coulter, people who try to go on campus and uh, speak, you know, there, there are some sane people on campus. They get invited and they get heckled. They get uh, they oh, don't. Worse. They can't even go. They start fires. They burn it down. They, Berkeley, and, and that's Antifa. Yep, that is. Hey, uh, good news. The casinos are open in Las Vegas today. Today, yes. today. so there's going to be partitions and all that nonsense, and probably social distancing at a blackjack table. But the casinos are open in Las Vegas. That's good news for America. Uh, anyway, that'll do it for us. We hope you enjoyed our Thursday edition. Thank you to John Katzimatidis, Eric Ulrich, and Bill O'Reilly. We'll be back again to wrap up another great week of Bernie and Sid shows tomorrow morning at 6. Have yourselves it's a beautiful day. Have yourselves a safe Thursday in New York City. Until tomorrow, from all of us to all of you, Peace. Bernie and Sid in the morning, streaming live on the 77 WABC app. Weekday morning, 6 to 10. Talk Radio 77 WABC.